We never see him wear glasses again. No, he goes the rest of the the movie movie without without glasses. He's riding the motorcycle around just blindly. Like I was waiting for that to come up again because I literally thought it was going to be a plot point where he like plows into like a barrier or something because he just has no depth perception. (laughs) Cuts credits. Sunday scary. One time, just cold, blind. I uh, I swapped the toilet paper in a bath or the the napkins, like the hand towels, in a toilet in a bathroom at a restaurant, just because it was there and it was empty. Yeah, I mean that's that's just a nice thing. (laughs) That seems like common courtesy. Mary Kay was like, "Why are you doing their job for them?" It's like I saw a meme like that the other day where somebody showed up and they were like, the bathrooms here are disgusting. It was the front desk person. They're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll tell somebody to go take care of that and hire a bathroom cleaner here in a couple of weeks. And they're like, why can't you do it? It's like, oh, those bathrooms are disgusting. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, so that's me. I, I just I say yeah, sorry good, for good, everything. Good effects there. Uh, hey, welcome to Sunday Scares. It's a podcast about horror movies where each week we take a deep dive into a specific film and try to find connections between that film and other movies within the genre. Um, in our upcoming series, we will be discussing the thrilling subgenre of uh, psychological horror. Um, but before we crack into that, uh, we're on this watch list and we're here to discuss the uh, final installment in the, uh, I'm going to call it the woefully misguided Halloween sequel trilogy helmed by David Gordon. What Green. an elaborate name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's time to talk. Halloween ends. Come on, let's go. Come and get me, motherfucker. Right. And Evil uh, dies. <laughs> By the end Evil of this podcast, forever. Evil will <laughs> die. Um, my name's Travis. I'm here hanging out with uh, Papa Spud today. Hi everybody. I'm I'm not Papa Spud. I'm <laughs> Daniel, but I get called Papa Spud. Uh, but I brought a friend. Ferris, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. What's up? My name's Ferris. We're super lucky to Great have Ferris. Today. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do air horn noise. <laughs> um, do you want to introduce? Yeah, Ferris is a is a, is a all right. Well, hype industry. team activate. Yeah. Uh, Ferris over here is a, a low North Texas production sound mixer with tons of production experience uh, all over the gamut of commercials television shows movies indies uh with clients as big as nike and as small as some indie movie that hasn't come out yet because because we saw a trailer and we're still waiting i've done do you think that'll ever come out i don't know i you know i saw a play that christy directed and i she did the the shakespeare in the park hamlet Mm -hmm. it was incredible i watched it i was like holy shit this is amazing so I messaged her, just said, hey, great job. And then in my back of my head, I was like, when are we going to get to see the movie? <laughs> my for Stuck reference, in post-production hell for forever. My, I think the only, yeah, I think all of my narrative experience has been almost exclusively with Ferris. I've worked with Mike a couple on some episodes, but Ferris and I. Like most of it, yeah. Yeah, and then Puppet Master. That's yeah. a different thing. Um, but Ferris and I have worked horror movies, uh, probably horror shorts, some shorts, shorts yeah, somewhere. Couple and uh, just some ads and stuff here and there but we've been in the trenches together before so we know he knows more about it than i do these days because he's still in in the production side but he does some cool stuff now 
that pays more money. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Ferris. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be awesome. Thanks for having yeah, me. especially for a, for a new release like this, I love like hearing uh, hot takes and fresh opinions on a brand new movie when it comes out like this. Uh, so Halloween ends. Uh, it picks up after the chaotic events of ha- uh, Halloween Kills about four years later, uh, in which Laurie Strode's daughter, played by Judy Greer, meets her met her demise. Uh, in this final installment to the DGG trilogy, Laurie Strode has retired to a new home where she attempts to put the events of her past behind her uh, and live without fear, without traps. Uh, unfortunately. A she new... gets a sweater. <laughs> she gets a sweater and starts cranking out that memoir, She's baby. Into memoirs and pies. Used to be a stone cold killer. Look what therapy can do for you. Unfortunately, a new romantic interest for her granddaughter Allison and other nefarious grumblings in the underbelly of Haddonfield will lead to the final climactic clash between Strode and Michael Myers. Uh, so, like we do with most new releases, uh, we figure you know we generally talk about non spoilery stuff, kind of general reception, uh, you know, big picture feelings and everything before we get into any specific details about the plot and such. So yeah. when did you guys, uh, when did you see this? Two days ago. Yeah, two days ago. Did you all see we it together? together? Yeah. Oh, nice. So this is a fun story, too, is we actually saw we've Halloween seen all of them together, all right? Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah, the whole trilogy together. Yeah, so uh, we've seen, we, we have been to, for each other's experiences yeah. of all the HD how Trilla DGG. I'm gonna call it that. Yeah, the that's David what Gordon Gillard trilogy. trilogy. The DGG. Yeah. The Trilla DGG. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so how did you, how did you feel walking out of the theater after this one? First, I, first I reactions. Kind of just went, eh. Yeah. Walking yeah. out like, eh. Yeah. Was about what summed it up. And then, yeah, I don't know. I kind of thought it was the wrong order yeah. of, of the movies. Like, I feel like three or like at least parts of three should have been two and then parts of two should have been in three. And it just kind of. Ooh, which parts? Well, I mean, I kind of thought without getting well, spoily, I, I don't know if I can do that, but we'll get spoiled. I think I had the but. same. I have kind of a similar take where my my so the the bar was on the ground for me going into this. So movie. you were like done. I was after Halloween kills. kills. I was like, they how much worse could they possibly do? Basically, <laughs> um, so I was going into it, it just completely open minded, ready for for anything to happen. Um, but even that, I feel like I came out of this movie with the same sort of reaction as I had to the Star Wars sequel trilogy uh because i feel like it suffers from very similar like things happen because they have to right well not Uh, not just that makes sense but also you know from a from a production side and from a story writing perspective the star wars sequel trilogy had this very specific thing happen during the course of from episode seven to episode eight ryan johnson comes in to uh, direct episode eight and it's way off the rails like so much weird shit happens and it's like taking star wars fans and to be clear i love that the most especially so after Rise of Skywalker comes out, episode nine, and this jarring course correction by J.J. Abrams and by the you know franchise yeah. at large, you just you look back more fondly on episode eight, and you're like, oh, I see the the weird whiplash that occurred there. Yeah. Um, when I was coming out of this movie, Halloween Ends, I had a similar reaction where it just felt like there was such a sensational sort of reactivity almost to the second installment to Halloween Kills yeah. that this was sort of a I don't know. It it didn't necessarily make as much of a course correction, but it definitely it it definitely subverted, you know, the the type of Halloween movie that it seemed like they were going for in the first two um two versions of this movie. Um I was whelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed I was or say, overwhelmed. It you was, were perfectly whelmed. It was fine. I thought there was a there's a lot of really cool ideas that we'll talk about uh, as yeah, we get into it that yeah. I think are interesting. And if they had been set up earlier in this trilogy, earlier in the movies, that mm-hmm. they could have paid off and been more interesting. But I think that's kind of 
I, I will say the trilogy, the third one actually wrapped up an idea that I hadn't noticed was developed until the very end mm-hmm. of it all. And I was like, oh, like this is as much about the town of Haddonfield and the role that like this horrible, it, these horrible events in history plays and the people that live there. It's mm-hmm. like less, it's, it's too many split hairs, obviously for a whole movie. Like we have Lori dealing with trauma, her daughter dealing with trauma, her granddaughter dealing with trauma. And then like Michael coming back, Michael not being dead, being yeah. dead, not being dead, like all this nonsense. But the thing I loved about the second one was that, that idea that like, um, like how it grips the town. It's the theme of the infectiousness of evil, of, yeah. right? Right. They monologue it that way, but yeah. I do think I do think the movies have a lot to say about fear mm-hmm. that I thought was really interesting, and they'd make lots of great plot points surrounding it. So it feels like they're about to thread the needle, and there's just like a hard yep. swerve in the yeah. final act <laughs> yeah. that happened in the last two movies. You're yeah, because like, with the second movie what? too, the idea of you know the the, the argument, the thesis of that movie is that mob mentality and group think are can be dangerous and aren't necessarily the solution to the problem right, right. like you get away and it, like that causing problems and causing more more damage than it solves right, right. and that's the ultimate sort of takeaway from that movie and then you have the the weird logistical things of how is this super, like the superhuman being now is 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 unworldly well and they waffle between like yeah. is he super like is, yeah is well, he super powered or is he just a human who's just really fucking fast or something yeah and i think that was kind of after I kind of went like, eh, my kind of one comment was like, they didn't really fully commit to anything. No. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of unrealized. Have, right. And it's, and that's kind of been a running theme of Halloween, like throughout all the movies. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. they, you know, you talked about, they kind of made it, oh, this entity and like, you know, transference of evil or whatever, this infection. They've touched on that before in some mm-hmm. of the other movies. And then scrapped it and we're like, no, we're not going to do yeah. that. And then like, you know, even as like H2O, like they kind of wanted to do that. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. And so now they were like, no, we're going to do it. But then as they, once they finally did it, they were like, maybe not. Yeah. But maybe we should. Maybe not. Maybe we should. Maybe not. Just the lack of commitment. So it just to kind any. of <laughs> a lot of made it switch. very lackluster. But yeah. that's what I, I think well, I, I was telling you too is frustrating me is like, you can tell like the middle section of this movie, especially feels tight. Like it feels mm. like it tells a story beginning to like middle end. And then there's another ending, yeah. which you're like, feels like it was like almost studio mandated. They're like, no, it has to be this way. It is, yeah, because yeah, it's the end. It's the 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 bow on on everything, right? You know, kind of like wrapping up this in in as satisfying a way as they as they can try to do. Which in um, a lot of ways, it was almost like a worse decision to yeah. go with the safe yeah. bet. Like I almost wish that we could. I'd fucking just run with it. Let's just see what happens. I'll 100%. give you some as we get into the plot. I'll 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 tell you some of the the directions that I thought the end of this movie was going to go because I was like I pitched bets Ferris all. an alternate ending that we both <laughs> yeah. agree was actually pretty fun. When we get to it, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're sorry, seeking the validation. Like it was good, right? Yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, but yeah, general general. I mean, this is I don't know how like my. I, I've kind of made up my mind on the whole trilogy being like it's it's fine. Uh, the I think if they had stopped at the first movie at the 2018 Halloween, right, you would I think, have had a perfect. I think that's fine. I think yeah. that, that would have been a, that was it was a good it was a decent movie um, that was made I'll worse take, I'll by take, the second two movies. I'll take the first movie plus the first like 15 minutes of the second movie where you just fucking chainsaw <laughs> oh, some fire There are some really cold cool. One hundred percent. That's give me that roughly 120 minutes of screen time and I'm set. Yeah. And I will say, I don't know if it's like, you know, recency, 
not, I won't say recency bias, like recency yeah. prejudice almost in this situation, but it's like yeah. I am almost looking more fondly on some of the moments of that heck second movie. I've uh, been a consistent, like, I don't, I'm a, a bit of an apologist because I kind of like the second movie. Yeah. I get the mon- the monologuing and the, like, unkillable Michael Myers yeah. is ridiculous, but I'm also like, what the fuck else were they going to do? Yeah. Like, yeah. Kill him in the second one? I just, I just think- thought, like, you know. It's it's definitely more interesting a take than what I've seen. This in episode other is not about that movie, but I will say we the, can't talk the about the third without yeah, talking about the, the yeah. sidelining of Laurie Strode for the majority of that movie yeah. is is also just kind of frustrating and seems like a, like a pointless endeavor. And then also, yeah, just the the scenes in the hospital. I don't know. The whole movie is just, just kind of a mess. But, but it also, does have better kills. Though. I thought that was kind of funny too, looking mm-hmm. at this trilogy because you have like. You know, comparing it to the original, it's like the same formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have Halloween on its own, right? Great classic. Halloween two, Laurie Strode is kind of sidelined for that entire movie too. She's mm-hmm. in the hospital, just like she is in this one. Don't say Halloween three. And then Halloween three Season is kind of, of witch, that like baby. literally, <laughs> you know, it's that it's like completely out there, yeah. like different. And I feel like they wanted to do that with this one too, but then again, they just didn't fully commit. Yeah. And so they were. They wanted to, but then they were like, oh, but everybody just wants the slasher. They just want the slasher, so we have to give them that. And then kind of... You're stuck in between. In, this, in between waffling. that didn't really yeah. work. There's, yeah. I've, I've seen some takes like that, that of of sort of taking Halloween ends uh, through the lens of like Season of the Witch and being like, let's treat this in the spirit of that, like with its, cra- its weird big yeah. swings at these uh, alternate sort of uh, directions to take this type of slasher. Um, I did see, I saw a tweet uh, from a horror critic I, I really appreciate, um, who's based in Dallas, actually, great guy. Um, who basically said that, like, you know, a lot of people trash the Rob Zombie Halloween films, and he's like, you know, in hindsight, Zombie was just doing, like, just going for it. Like, yeah. he just I was made gonna bring that up, yeah. Him. And so it's, like, almost more honorable to see someone just give it their all mm-hmm. in a way that we may not appreciate, but it's definitely, like, a new take. Yeah, hot yeah. take. I do. I actually really I like the seen Zombie it. ones. Yeah, well, because the thing, so the thing that's similar between those and this one, as we as we will start talking about the plot, is the idea of getting more into the backstory of, like, Michael, like, developing that more and treating yeah. Michael Myer, Myers as, like, a character rather than just a force. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's something that I, I want to unravel as we kind of get to, like, our, I don't know, argument in favor or sure. against this movie um but yeah so i think like so our general reception was that like you were like eh, it was eh. we were whelmed yeah. eh. it, it was a movie this definitely was a thing that happened in theaters and i paid money to go see it and it was made yeah um, yeah it's a movie it's, it's fine i wonder if like <laughs> if, you, if i had like a cut of it stems and all you could like i could cut it down it's one of those things you could see like a youtube cut down you're oh, like, you, like oh kind of this piece would be them all and just yeah, like a recut really solid of all yeah, three movies yeah. like a four hour cut but all three together it might yeah. be like it might be tight like it might actually work it would absolutely I feel work like, you know what you would do that, yeah. i do feel like this one should have been played like back to back with the second one almost because i actually forgot a lot of stuff and i was like i don't they all keep talking about like it's Lori's fault about stuff and i'm like I, what, what I think... what's their fault again yeah. Why are they mad that she antagonized yeah. a serial killer? Like, it, what's going on? I didn't have that that, that antipathy. I guess. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the plot because yeah, I actually have a, I have a co- I have a cut that I think would work really well too. So um, it's just us pitching different versions yeah, of the that's, same that's exact. That's kind of a lot. Of what no, you're with wrong, this Travis. Here's my idea. <laughs> um, all that being said, I did kind of find the opening to this movie to be a little hilarious. So uh, that's the, that's my macabre sense of humor, though. It just I I don't know. So yeah, it opens up with uh, yeah the our our new uh, character Corey, uh, played by Rohan Campbell. Um, is a uh, sort of is hired last minute to babysit a, uh, a young boy, right? Yeah. Uh, and we get this whole sequence of he's the, this the tragedy sweet here. bumbling like 
just turned 21 year old kid who's mm-hmm. not he doesn't have enough money to go to school yeah. he's saving up he's got the world ahead of him mm-hmm. he takes one babysitting job the same night that michael myers is out like murdering the heck out of people i think I think do they do they hint at that 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 this occurs because it says it like says Halloween it says right okay right before, yeah. yeah so I think it's the night of the first movie yes right and so he's uh so the kid even jokes to him that you know are you scared of Michael he he murders babysitters he doesn't murder yeah. little kids yeah. right as they're watching they're watching uh the thing <laughs> uh so which posits that John Carpenter exists in this universe and is right. somehow like. I don't know. I love I love Easter eggs like that 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 are paradoxes I love it within themselves. The mom's like, "Don't let him stay up late," and then suit like smash cut to oh, him immediately. Like, yeah. The it's head super coming late. off of him. <laughs> yeah. Corey's like, "This is kind of messed up. I don't think you should watch it." And the kid's like a dick. He's yeah. like, yeah. "Fuck you. You're an idiot. You're gonna get murdered by Michael Myers. We're gonna watch this movie all night." And he's <laughs> Which like, is "All running... right, five minutes, kid. And then your ass is going yeah. to bed." It's a running trope in in these Halloween movies where it's the babysitter ba- uh, little yeah. kid relationship where the kid is just like way too quippy and smart and they do this in the uh, was it the 2018 one too yeah, that yeah. Little kid who like i love <laughs> that, that kid, little that kid, kid was great. he that was kid a was great funny. actor um but yeah this little bit where it's but it's funny though because this takes that whole trope and it it man it escalates it to, yeah uh, so obviously he goes to get <laughs> like he goes to get some food and when he comes back the kid is missing yeah and we've just been heard all this stuff about michael myers it's the night of the murders yeah you're like oh maybe this is like an extra kill we didn't see in the first movie right and so of course the babysitter is like goes looking for the kid he's freaking out the front door is open he's like going all over the house uh like soft creaking in different corners which i loved in the mix too it was playing in we we saw it in uh atmos yeah yeah and so it's like perfectly orally located i'm not trying to say orally but orally yeah yeah. spatially so you could hear like if it was like running from left to right it would mimic that in the theater yeah which is the best way to watch a movie especially horror did y'all see this at uh um no amc no? Well, we saw yeah. it at Stonebriar, oh, which Stonebriar. is an AMC. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we saw it at the um, the Lake Highlands. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, it was good. It was a fun experience. But yeah, uh, ultimately, what ends up happening is uh, the little kid has has tricked uh, Corey up into the attic. Um, making him think that Michael Myers is there and he locks him in the attic and then Corey tries to burst open the attic door and in the course of doing so, this little kid is standing right on the other side of the door. The parents are walking <laughs> in, the keys are unlocking the door, it's mom's about to be like, timed, yeah. Yeah. like, it's so crazy. <laughs> they open the door and are calling for him and then you just see, ee, poof, he's Corey kicks the, the door ground. open, knocks the kid off the railing, the kid goes flying over, down three floors, smashes head first in front of both his parents, you hear a sickening crunch yeah, yeah that was some good foley work it was uh, that was great <laughs> a lot of celery also, like, sticks it's it, we were kind of talking about it after we saw it but like the force that he had to have kicked the door to propel that kid over the ledge like at no point did he think to at least try to save himself no. you know like yeah it was the kid's fault yeah <laughs> Well, the kid's a massive asshole, too. It was funny because I I had read a review about this movie. I read, like, I tried not to spoil it, but I I read one or two because the reviews were kind of middling. And I was like, okay, well, what's up with that? And they kind of outlined the opening scene, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know who was going to die. And so the whole time I was like, oh, I think I told you this. Yeah, I did. uh, I thought the kid was going to end up killing uh, the the babysitter. Yeah. I There's like all these happening. stuff where like the knife is missing yeah. and all this. And I was like, Oh, that will be kind of interesting. And then he grows up, grows older and becomes like this 
you know, this did like messed up kid. Arguably would have made more sense because it would have mirrored the experience of. So it right, got, yeah. it was actually more tense for me yeah. because I thought that the babysitter was going to die. And when it flipped, like when I finally figured out, I was like, oh, this kid's going. I was just like, <laughs> like nailed to my seat. <laughs> going, like, going, gone. He's going to be, he's, he's going to get gone. Like, He's and done. And it's not just my macabre sense of humor. Like they pl- it's like a slapstick death. Like it the way like like we said, the timing of them opening the door and like the three second beat. It's almost yeah. like Zack Snyder is oh, playing yeah. Ave Maria falls. in the background. It's like <laughs> it's, it all like motions ramps down. I, I definitely like, think that's the Danny Martha. McBride of it coming oh, out in 100%. like in the, the script and the direction of this. Yeah. Is like yeah, the, the slapstick nature of that opening. Um so that's our introduction to Corey, and that kind of sets up this character of where his uh his trauma comes from basically because for the rest of the movie and i guess what we what happens off screen over the course of the time jump to the next four years is that he's uh he's he gets arrested in this little montage at the beginning um and basically he's released on like involuntary manslaughter but he's stuck with the guilt of essentially causing the death of right and the whole town thinks he's a they call him a psycho yeah uh because he like you know i mean if we if you read this story in the news you'd be like oh yeah that fucking kid murder like you're not. You're, most of us wouldn't go into the nuance of like oh, actually, well, that little oh, kid right, was an right, asshole. Okay, yeah. I don't, like, it depends on how the news reports it too. I don't know. This man. actually happened at a bar in Dallas uh, a year ago. Oh, when that when that guy yeah, fell, yeah, it was terrifying yeah. when I read that. But the news report didn't say like. I mean, I think he was just really drunk and fell. Yeah, which is more of a problem on the bar than yeah, like anything else. There's a lot. There's a lot that went into that. But yes, yeah, similar things like that. But we, we if you read about. A, right. a babysitter like especially yeah. a male babysitter and a young child dying you're like well but that is interesting because it's related to the slasher trope mm-hmm. right like yeah. along the along the subgenre is the history of like babysitters failing to be good babysitter in the original halloween it's you know the older sister having sex with her boyfriend and it's the same exact kind of moment to like the ultimate extreme yeah, like, this is yeah. as bad he's as such a bad get. babysitter he accidentally kills the kid yeah which you know makes him a subject for murder by like the subgenre, like mm-hmm. all the babysitters who fail, they're all going to get killed. Yeah. But this movie is not that kind of movie. No. But I think like, you know, in, in the initial setup of this character of Corey, uh, of Rohan, what was it? Where is his name? Rohan again? Campbell. Rohan Campbell. Yeah. Rohan. Rohan. Yeah. He plays, uh, he plays Frank Hardy in the Hardy Boys. Cool. Uh, in the TV version of that, I told Ferris he looks like the Russian guy from Stranger Things. Yeah. He does. Yes. He yes. I was Yuri. trying to figure that out. Um, yeah, he, I don't know, over the course of the movie, like, his character becomes more and more sort of, like, befuddling to me. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know, this is a motivation at the very beginning. I guess it can work, but it, it, I don't think it's it's executed in the right way for the rest of the movie. So, yeah, so, flash forward, like, four years from, yeah, three or four years four from years. then. Four we years. Get, we start getting the voiceover from Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, doing her Sex in the City monologue. Uh, as she's writing her memoirs, <laughs> like hear the Sex in the City like music in the oh background. <laughs> <laughs> I started to think, was the real killer inside me all along? Uh, yeah, she's she's calm and 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 sweatered now. Uh, they found a new house. Um, Total one eighty from movie number one. Yeah, and then one also, of my yeah. biggest disappointments. Well, yeah. also something that I think doesn't work. That's also very jarring about the jump from movie two to this one is her daughter and fa- son-in-law just died. Like yeah. Allison's yeah. mother died in the second movie. Yeah. Like they glossed recently. over it. Yeah, so and, they're like, yeah, they killed they killed their, my daughter, and I'm like, 
All right, thank you for confirming that. Like, Neither of them seems to be really um, severely affected by by that over the course of this whole movie. Like, yeah. Allison hasn't learned. And the whole, what was so frustrating about the development of her relationship with Corey was the fact that it didn't seem like she learned anything from the experiences yeah. or suffered yeah. at all from the experiences of that second movie. Um, she Which, just becomes a paper doll, Or it's, like, nominal, right? So yeah. it's, like, obviously the start the start of the movie, She Allison moves into a, a normal house with her slightly normal grandmother now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think they like kind of throw away a line about how she like does therapy and goes to group meetings. Yeah. Like uh, Laurie Strode is no longer the badass because she like, you know, healed, which yeah, is probably yeah. valuable. That should be important. Um, but, but her granddaughter, you know, is living her best life as just like a, a nurse at a small like clinic, but she's, she refuses to go out. Like she doesn't have any friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of her and her grandma and her, even her grandmother is like, you should, do you should be doing fun stuff. I'm yeah. a boring adult. Like you need to yeah. go live your life. Which at least believably leads to like the catalyst of introducing Corey into the plot, right? Right. right. Um so yeah, we get that puttering around, like kind of introducing their life. There's a tarot reading by their friend uh Lindsay, which comes again back again a second a little bit one one more time oh, yeah i forgot that happened yeah it yeah. doesn't really have because it doesn't have an effect on the plot at all so it doesn't matter and it was <laughs> like kind of ominous foreshadowing yeah but too vague it yeah. says she draws like that she draws death the card, death card yeah and she says well it doesn't mean necessarily evil it means that a phase of your life is ending it does in this movie yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, well both a little column yeah. a little column b yeah she's um, like says like death and a rebirth yeah yeah um anyways but the, yeah, the voiceover work in, in this movie, it's a little grueling and it returns later. Um, it does. So yeah, it, basically leading to, uh, in the flash forward, Corey is riding around on a bicycle, uh, going about his business. Uh, he goes to a gas station. Drinking chocolate milk. Drinking yeah. some milk. chocolate Yoo-Hoo. Yeah, yeah, gotta... Which is a throwback, I guess, to that opening scene where he like opens the fridge and he was going to reach for a beer, but he drinks like chocolate milk instead. Yeah. So I guess that's his like it's thing like now. It's arrested development. Yeah. It's like he never grew past the, the point of his tragedy. Yeah. Um, but he's at a gas station. Yeah, he gets a little snacky snack. Uh, and then he gets bullied by a gang of band nerds. This was another... <laughs> Ferris, you were a band nerd. Were you bullied yeah. that guy? I was a band nerd too. And like, I don't know, man. I just love that the idea for this setup, they were like, band nerds. And they're not even like imposing physically. Like he's bigger than all of them. Yeah. Like they're, it... They're just, <laughs> I don't it just know. shows how traumatized he was, I guess. Yeah. He, I mean, he just kind of collapses into himself. Yeah. It's really um, sad. I mean, I guess that's the that's the point, right? Is that he's like, he's being set up. Like you can clearly clearly see that he's like physically imposing, and he could like lash out. Like mm-hmm. he's got big hands, and he's a yeah. mechanic, right? Um, and so you can tell he has the strength and stature. So it, I guess it is supposed to it's supposed to be presented as as silly uh, to see him getting bossed around by this like this little twerp um in a letterman jacket who's and like the girl's literally in her band uniform like her marching band uniform and i'm like come on guys yeah. like i love it too because it's they're all gen z kids right they're yeah. they have to be but like mullets are a thing now yeah they're and back. so it's so funny because the way the kids dress and the way they're bullying him i was like holy shit are we in the breakfast club right now like <laughs> this looks like it's 85 shot on like red like red dragon or yeah. something you're like what i will say this is like my worst fear i'm terrified of teenagers like they they scare the shit out of me it's it's uh wait uh, I'll, I'll you know what i'll we'll cut get it to in it. i'll cut it no, in. no 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 i have no. something <laughs> yeah. looking forward to things to look forward to i was telling Ferris about my nightmare related to one word megan we'll get to it later we'll get to it later <laughs> I cannot wait we'll talk about that trailer in a second yes uh but yeah do you like so he gets bullied by these teenagers who like he he ends up breaking his yuhu bottle on the ground and cutting his hand uh and 
like they go inside and he's like dealing like with a pretty deep gash. Oh yeah. Uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis shows up and offers to vandalize the kid's car with him. Fucking and stab <laughs> their tires. I was like, she, which is kind of nice. I love that like Jamie Lee Curtis still doesn't fuck around like yeah. in this movie. She may be wearing sweaters, but she's willing to slash tires of of some young teenager's car like at, at the drop of a hat just to prove a point. Um, but she sees a wounded character, and she, she and she's like, "What a perfect match for my my granddaughter, who is also suffering in her own way." Let's put to, let's put these two characters together and have them trauma bond over yeah, this exactly. experience, right? <laughs> I was like, "All right, Lori." So uh, that's how we get the the meat the ultimate meat cute the um, meat cute between. Every time people say that, though, I think of meat m e a t, and I'm like, "You guys like cute meat? You just, a cute meat? It's like iZombie. Yeah, <laughs> which Rohan is also in. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he's oh, in that uh, show. Yeah, as uh, Murphy. Uh, oh, okay. I haven't seen Eye Zombie. Is it good? Like, it, it's pretty good. It's been a bit since. I mean, it ended like a few years ago, I think. But solid, yeah. solid five seasons. I saw that as one of his credits because I was trying to figure out if I recognized him from anything else. But he's, I mean, he's pretty young. He looks like, like a kid that could do like you know the the whole CW teen scene like that Riverdale or, and Hardy he looks Boys. Like, he looks like he's he's ripe to get picked up by some you know like big franchise TV show or something like and yeah. get put into a, a like a very significant role that he'll get typecast as. You know, very interesting. Like guy. like Halloween, or I guess <laughs> yeah. um, Halloween, Halloween. Um, so yeah, they get their meet cute in the nursing office, and we get a little bit more information about like Allison and her job she's competing competing for a promotion with like a, a, another nurse who is clearly like sucking up to the doctor yeah she's um, sucking up yeah she's right. uh yeah there's yeah. some there's some there's something that sounded so mean i don't mean it like that I, well i do yeah, but also do. <laughs> just no not, not to slut shame deborah or whatever her, her name is right uh, she's allowed Deb. to express her sexuality it's just uh highly inappropriate to do it at a work it all looks yeah. consensual to me but there is a power dynamic going on there exactly nefarious not okay best. yeah um so this leads to their meet cute uh this is where like it really i was racking my brain because i couldn't remember the first movie well enough and i was trying to remember if Corey was a character that had been set up previously because it's like they it almost seems like when they're first interacting like in the office and she's like wrapping up his hand and cleaning it and stuff they they seem to have the energy or the chemistry as if they were like old friends that had known each other a while um but then they kind of like i you learn pretty quickly that they're meeting for the first time but that was that was just sort of more. I'll, I'll go ahead and put this out there. This was wishful thinking on my part. The idea that this character of Corey works so much better if he's present at the beginning of this trilogy, yeah. right? Yeah. If he develops this this sort of you know this diminishing or this uh, you know declining psyche over the course of three movies, rather than trying to really expedite it in the course of this movie. Yeah, but then you're talking about TV instead of movies in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's like he needs to have a succinct arc if it's mm-hmm. going to be a feature film, and if right. it's three films, that's just that's an extra plate to juggle and again going back to your conversation about cutting these three movies together i would have put yeah. the little kid murder at the beginning of the first movie essentially yeah and like had that i going bet you on. a super cut will make all three of these per- oh i'm waiting I, i'm I ready think, yeah i think that would be the answer this is going to be sure. our project <laughs> until next <laughs> okay. halloween yeah. is going to be to super cut all three of the dgg movies together <laughs> the the trilla dgg the trilla dgg um so yeah, then so so begin initiates their relationship, which will serve as like sort of the backdrop of uh, of the development of the plot of this movie, and you know, and the side characters, um, in which Corey sort of begins to suffer like the infection of uh, the evils of Michael Myers. They like um, so basically the the plot kind of revolves around Allison trying to bring out the best in Corey, like literally getting him to go like because she doesn't want to go show. out alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're both like kind of town outcasts. We get a we get a scene where Laurie is like kind of blamed for all the murdering that Michael Myers does. And she kind of like just stands in place, like jaw drop. 
but it's like Im- it kind of implied that like the Strode do- family, the Strode women, all are like now held more accountable for what Michael Myers did, murder a ton of people in their town. Um, and so there's like this like joint relationship both Allison and Corey share that is that like townspeople look at us and they think of murder. Mm-hmm. But and they like it goes on. She invites him out. They kind of like flirt a little bit. And so it's a tumultuous relationship because the first night he goes out, he runs into the mom of the son he babysat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she gives him the business. She's yeah. just like. What are you? Because he's doing? having a great time at that. That there's a Halloween oh, party man, at the bar. I was so happy. That for was him. a great scene, right? So they, uh, what one of the first date that they kind of go out on. There's this Halloween party at a bar where she gives him a costume, um, and they get together and they're dancing. They have an adorable photo booth scene, and it's like I love the way that scene's played. I'm like, that this, love this is actually real. freaking great. Uh, and then it's great, yeah, when they bring in uh, the the mom character who who throws him into a panic attack because she immediately starts yeah. throwing you know the same accusations. She's like, I wish you would had died, like all this shit, and so obviously. So it throws him into a fit and he runs outside, gets into an argument with Allison and then kicks off sort of the next yeah, phase. Of he kind of points out that like mm-hmm. people look at Allison and they think like a, you're a survivor, a yeah, you're yeah. The survivor and people look at me and think I'm a killer, mm-hmm. which so you're like, oh, you're like, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Which I think, what, back to your point though, which is interesting, uh, something that I think also is a really cool idea that isn't really fleshed out well enough, it is sort of like obligatory or just like a side thing, is that thing about Laurie Strode and the family getting blamed. Like, I, I think the idea, and it's a cool it's a cool intuition to focus on the other victims of Haddonfield, right? Not yeah. just the Strode family and see being like, well, you're, you're ex- this experience and this thing that you've brought about on the town, essentially, even though that's not really what happened, it's it's a f- it's affected a lot of other people yeah. in a lot of very traumatic ways, um, which is a cool idea to try to flesh out, but they just don't really do that. They have that one grocery yeah. shopping scene where she comes out. They run out of page page count, I guess. Yeah. yeah. She was she was doing a little flirty thing with, you know, with a uh, Will Pat. Patton. Yeah, Patton. Uh, and uh, he just really loves Japanese cherry blossoms. I know. I saw tr- a review that was like <laughs> I, apparently I'm supposed to care about cherry blossoms question yeah. mark <laughs> it's the same thing where they're trying to ride that through line from the second movie of like really making you want these two to like run away and just live on a beach together somewhere and just get yeah. away from it all but it's like that, that was kind of never the point of those two characters I feel like well let's let's not get too in the weeds about yeah. a guy who's literally got like seven minutes of screen time seriously yeah. they, they they made a yeah they made a hard right turn away from the second movie where I, they, I'm imagining Will Patton had some kind of scheduling conflict yeah he's just not in the movie like yeah. aside from two three scenes yeah so um but yeah in that in that scene where he gets he runs out of the the bar or whatever after the party we get another bullying scene between him and the band yeah. nerds Ferris, <laughs> <laughs> you have anything to add to these band ner- this band nerd conversation there's nothing wrong with band nerds what do you think they play what do you think the main kid plays probably drumline either that i thought i okay i was on drumline and i can see okay. that uh, yeah you ass or a trumpet player Okay, yeah. Like Actually, a, like a, yeah. like a, trumpet like a lead be, yes. trumpet? trumpet? Trumpet player Well, one be. of those kids does have a drumstick. Oh, yeah. yeah the, one of them did. The yeah, mullet yeah. kid has a drumstick. What drum if they're stick? all drumline? I could see that. It could they be. They usually hang out together, like in packs. We used to go to CeCe's Pizza all the time and cause <laughs> havoc. You like the sharks and the jets? We used to go yeah. to Haddonfield all the time and just pick on this one kid. It's, Nothing ever happened. It was though. great. That idiot liked to drink chocolate milk. <laughs> nerd. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, but they they push him off a bridge. Like he, because uh, he. So uh, what we, what we had seen earlier was that uh, Corey works in a junkyard or in a junkyard slash mechanic thing with mm-hmm. his dad, who's like a giant 
caricature of an Italian man. Um, yeah. Who and he who gifts him a motorcycle early on in the movie that will become his his main you know mechanism of, boom, of boom. self yeah self determination. Uh, and so, but in the course of that, like Corey witnessed Drumline Kid's dad come in with his car that had its tires slashed, and he he saw his the drumline kid's dad abusing him. And so he sees the cycle of, you know, yeah. abuse and, and shittiness or whatever. So he's like, it's not my fault that your dad is shitty to you. Uh, which, yeah. which your dad hates it was, you. I mean, it was a good call out. Yeah. yeah. And the kid's just like, nah, man, screw this. And tosses him off. Of, he eats him off the off bridge. Of, well, breaks his glasses. Oh yeah. And then tosses him off. A bridge. Man, I, this is, this is my thing. I, glasses are fucking expensive sometimes. Yeah. In the eighties, especially stop breaking them. Oh, I guess this movie takes place in 2020. But also, yeah, <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. You can be confused. <laughs> it's just my thing is like, stop fucking breaking glasses, people. That shit's expensive. But the other, and it might be too early to bring it up. We never see him wear glasses again. No, he for the goes rest the rest of, of the, the movie, movie without sun, like, without glasses. He's riding the motorcycle around just blindly. Like I was waiting for that to come up again because I literally thought it was going to be a plot point where he like plows into like a barrier or something because he just has no depth perception. <laughs> Cuts <to> credits. <laughs> Well, no, reasonably, I was like, well, he doesn't have the glasses. So now he's just got a death wish and he's just walking like the he's he's in Travis as a motorcycle rider yourself. Would you ever ride? No, they're not wearing helmets. It's terrifying. I was I like, but it looks cool. It looks fucking cool. He looks like James Dean for the rest of the movie. That's the character that he's playing. But like, it is terrifying watching him and Allison ride around on a like, it's like a Honda CB 350 or something like a motorcycle is a generous term. Yeah, it's like a tiny little like it, it almost looks like. Like a yeah, like it's not a sport bike or like a like a dirt bike, but it's it's a it's a tiny little like Honda Scrambler essentially, and that thing is not built to have a passenger on it. I don't know how they were getting up to like whatever. Yeah. They, they must have been going like thirty five miles an hour, but it just just fast <laughs> enough for their hair to get pushed back. It's like one of those things where like the teens' perspective, like this is the most beautiful moment. I am in love, and then it like wide cuts to them going like ten miles an hour. Because <laughs> there is there's that classic elegant like it's it's later on whenever him and Allison are, are, are gallivanting about, but it's like. Yeah, she's like holding on to him from behind, and his hair's blowing back in the yeah. wind. And I was like, that like, motherfucker can't see shit. And is neither that how one that of them are wearing he's like, Travis, is that how that works? though? like, does does Kyra get on? Do like put her arms around you, and you're like, we're in love. And no, you, because like, drive my, and her hair flies. My Honda Rebel 500 doesn't have a passenger seat attachment to it because it would weigh it down too much. Because that thing is too light, and it's heavier than the bike that they're riding in the movie. Not to say that I don't know. Yeah, it's Look, a, if you want to be held while you're riding a motorcycle, I'm game. Yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll that. I'll take my attachment. life on the line. Yeah. Ferris? No, I'm good. You have to take care of Mary. No, you have to take care of Mary Kate if I die. <laughs> okay. you're, you're, you're the godfather. Um, so, yeah, but this is so he gets yeeted off the bridge, and this is where he has his first encounter with Michael Myers, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I forget. I lose track of it's been a week, week, a week since I saw this movie, but I lose track of the events here. Is this where he has the bum fight? No, the bum fight's after. It's after the comes encounter. later. Yeah. Okay. So, but so here... he he gets knocked out, and then you see the bum in the background, right? And, and then Michael something drags, drags him, him into yeah. a sewer. Right. Drags him into the grate. Which okay, so <laughs> it takes like fifty minutes of this movie for Michael to do any Myersing, but it's like he he's he's basically been living. <laughs> yeah, under... baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's been living under this bridge like a goblin, like a troll, and I guess feeding on townspeople and homeless people. I is think. that what we're led to assume? Like for that's four years, that's yeah, how he... that's kind of what. Because even I mean, after he has his encounter, mm-hmm. when he does have the bum fight, the bum's like surprised that he even comes out because right. he's like, "You need to get back in there." Like people go in there, they don't come back. Like, yeah. how did you get out? And then the bum, and then that's when they fight, and it's right. just like 
Okay, because is that like the next morning, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he spends the night there, essentially, and he's all, because he's all, he, like, fucked yeah. up. So he wakes up in the middle of the night um, inside this very, like, low-lit uh, sewer chamber, essentially. Yeah. There's, like, pillars everywhere. It's impossible to see. He's, like, freaking out, trying to figure out where to go. Turns around and sees, like, fully masked Michael Myers. He's not dead. Well, it's no, surprise. He, he just grabs him. He doesn't yeah. see him. Oh, yeah. He's, like, a, on his way out, and then a hand, like, comes through the kind of concrete. And then he like cho- is like choke holding him, and you see him kind of through the wall. This is where yeah. it gets real weird, though. Cause yeah, he, and then like, they have their like. Eyes he's maybe getting like, like some kind of autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> out of this because <laughs> that's the way you read this scene. <laughs> it's the only way because he's like making. Then he looks Michael Myers like dead in the eye. Dead in the eyes. <laughs> I just threw a microphone. Looks him dead in the eyes as he's like choking and then like still struggling, but they like make meaningful eye contact yeah, and then evil transfers from. Has come along. Yeah, and then like they just like quick cut montage in like maybe two seconds. Yeah, the seconds. entire trauma that happened in the beginning of the movie, and you're like, what the hell just happened? Sunday scary. Yeah, some weird like mind metal, yeah. like Jedi yeah, essentially. That went on, and they that's where the spark kicked off. Essentially, and they knew it was yeah, true love from their evil out. got sw- passed on from Michael Myers to Corey, which happens yeah. like in the first hour. So it's not like a, the end of the world if I tell everyone this too. I'm like, guys, there's more movie. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the point. I love the it. It's. <laughs> The aesthetic of Michael Myers, the design of his of him in the tunnel here. Like I said, he lives under there like a fucking goblin. And Dude, it's this guy has he, three like, fingers on one hand. Yeah, it's as if he's like, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean number three, where they like they grow into the ship. It's yeah, almost as yeah. if he's like a part of the part concrete of the crew, wall. Part like of even the ship, his yeah. his knife <laughs> is like stuck inside like the wall. Yeah, and of it's the all sewer rusted now. And it, yeah, and it's, yeah. But that was one of the. I think that was kind of the start of. I don't want to say the disappointment, but kind of the disappointment too, because you just ended the second movie with this whole montage of him massacring this whole yeah. mob of people, right? And it's Who like do get their licks in. He gets the shit kicked right. out of well, them too. Well, but but it's like happening while there's that VO of like he's transcending into just pure evil, like right. he's something more. And it's like no, he's just a guy. Yeah, you know? like he disappeared for four years after surprise murdering Judy Greer at the you know in the window, <laughs> and then. He's just there. Yeah, like some, he's just like been nothing. hanging out down here, yeah. doing nothing. Maybe he goes to that bar sometimes down the street. And he <laughs> just like takes the mask pops off, in like... for a nightcap every now Honestly, and then. They yeah. don't know what he looks like. Yeah. And this, it's, it's kind true. of a fun, a fun thing. I they show his face like maybe two or three times total over the trilogy. So you get to see him without the mask, yeah. but it's like not. But at the this point. point, he's so disfigured from like all the fires right. and it, shit. It, it kind just of pointless. doesn't matter. Yeah, I was just kind of laughing to myself like. I feel like it would be meaningful, but they've just destroyed that entire meaning of like who's the man behind the mask. Right. But it goes to your point of like deifying someone is they deified this guy in a mask. And so like one of the ways to, you know, make it feel more like a human is to take the mask off. Right. Which is like a bit that like when when someone messes with this mask, he kinda like mm-hmm. fixes it and that gets the victim a chance mm-hmm. to like escape. Yeah, because he can't was, he can't see or be seen. It's just an map. interesting little factoid. Yeah, yeah. Worth but thinking. well, and then they have. I mean, kind of talking about all of them. Yeah, you did it too. It's not <laughs> fun, is it? <laughs> You're fine. Kind of talking about all of them. You know, you talk. He, you know, has that physical contact with um, Corey, and then that's what kind of initiates that spark. They did that in Halloween Four. At the end of Halloween Four, with his niece, is like 
she touches his dead body and that reanimates him and then she kind of becomes a killer and then they scrapped it so now they're like all right we're gonna do it for real this time because it's like the end of the first act yeah of the whole thing and then that kind of leads into that next you know this is where I think my favorite, like this is the section of the movie I love, is pretty yeah. much after yeah. this scene, this middle chunk is I'm like, I could watch this and I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, because what, what ends up happening is, so Corey and Allison begin developing their sort of like toxic relationship with each other, their codependent sort of thing. Yeah. It's a very like Harley Quinn Joker, like, you know, let's just burn the world down, yeah. kind of let's get out of here sort of thing. Kind of, except Allison, a lot of times is just really apologizing yeah. about stuff. They're like, you murderer, you yeah. you taunted a devil. She's like, I'm so sorry. And this that's kind of like where also yeah her her character definitely gets reduced down to like not very much at all like yeah. she just is kind of along for the ride at this point uh and yeah. then meanwhile Corey is like so they have a couple of dates right um uh they go on one date and she gets uh i don't want to say bullied but like intimidated by her ex who's a police officer yeah, yeah he's been coming back he showed up earlier in the movie like pulled her over like this is that's a, some other scary shit it's like a, when you have a, like a cop ex-boyfriend Dude, that's who, like, a fucking thing it is a thing is you yeah. have to be careful like breaking it off with police officers don't date cops just well, don't do it <laughs> and one of the things too True. that um some people kind of caught was his his last name is Mulaney, mm. which was the name of the guys who would like pick on her dad and oh, his friends as kids. Yeah. So that was kind of an interesting oh. I don't know if it's like him like him right, exactly his, yeah. or like his offspring. But yeah, like, it's Haddonfield. It I was, would you say know, so. they small kind town. of had that tie in, so it's That's smart. Yeah, but he's basically like yeah, the uh like the overly masculine like ex boyfriend who they're on a date like at a diner and that's at the beginning of Corey sort of trying to communicate to Allison that he's a murderer now. Yeah. Like yeah. he tells her explicitly I killed somebody but she's like I guess thinks it's a bit or something or a joke yeah and I kind of thought because they he says that and then they go to the mansion so I thought he he was, it was kind of like she interpreted it as, as the, the little, little kid, kid right yeah. yeah and he's like oh no like recently no like, like yesterday last night yeah like, <laughs> I killed somebody um, here he is like, yeah track him in. Uh, no I, I assume that honor. Michael ate him after that right did Michael eat the homeless man <laughs> that's kind of what I figured happened next to dispose of the evidence bones and all bones and all <laughs> um, yeah so they had that first day at the cafe yeah that's where the police officer comes out and Corey has his first like outburst which is like alright red flag number like five oh, right yeah. Yeah. like hey like this guy is clearly unstable and is having issues with his like, you know, sense of self and personal space or whatever. Which not that the would, cop was not being an asshole, but like you would think that like Allison having survived some of this stuff and like having she her boyfriend in the previous movie was a little bit of a little bit abusive. Yeah. Like just not a great relationship. Yeah. Would have like hyper awareness for these kinds right. of red flags. But I guess the point is when you're like you find a port in, it's any port in a storm kind of thing. Yeah, which I think I like I said, is is a, a disappointing reduction of her character. I know. <laughs> so she really a had a lot going yeah. for by the by the second movie yeah because she becomes a badass and you're like oh fuck yeah she has a shotgun too now yeah because that whole conflict is resolved pretty quickly they just it's the whenever, pies man they yeah. all go back to bacon pies and <laughs> yeah. that's how you know it's, you're dead <laughs> that whole conflict resolved pretty quickly because uh, that's why i don't they, bake they get out of the cafe and uh the ex-boyfriend cop like follows Corey home or yeah. as he drops off allison he's like following home but Corey knows he's getting tailed somehow without his glasses and uh <laughs> like leads the cop under the bridge <laughs> to like toby mcguire and spider-man he puts the glasses <laughs> on after blurry. after getting the evil from michael myers yeah. and he's like Oh, I can't oh he has like shit. a six pack yeah. now. Like, yeah. yeah, he just wakes up and he's like super strong. His vision is clear. He's like, "Fuck yeah, he I gotta just... hang out with Michael Myers more often." 
fucking headcanon, Corey is got spider webs now. Yes. Oh my movie. God. He just goes around like fucking. That's dying. how they get to the rooftop of the radio station. He like swings up there with her. Um, go, uh, whip. Go, go, web, go. <laughs> go, web, go. Fly, web. Uh, but he leads the ex cop, uh, ex boyfriend cop under the bridge, uh, and he little... hits the guy. So they like falls him under the bridge, and he tricks the cop, and yeah. whacks him on the back of the head with like a, a board. Which you've you've officially incited a police officer. Yeah. They pretty much those kinds of cops will use that as an excuse to do whatever they want. Yeah. So that's like the most dangerous thing. That if there's anything I've learned from watching The Wire is do not touch or hit or shoot a police officer. Yeah, just don't talk to him without a lawyer. Yeah, don't even yeah, don't even look at that it. That is the ultimate um, horror. But yeah, they he lures him into the uh, to the the, the trolls cavern uh, with Michael Myers, uh, and they dispose of him. You want to pay the troll toll? <laughs> you gotta kill this boy <laughs> soul. You gotta pay the troll toll to get in. In this scenario, is Corey's all ah, right? Uh, Michael Myers is Danny DeVito. Yeah, and Corey's soul <laughs> is 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 what is being offered up uh, as the troll toll here. Um, yeah, they dispose of the police officer ex-boyfriend. Uh, he gets he suicide by Michael Myers or whatever. Dude, uh, he well he kind of because when he gets the upper hand on Michael at a, at a certain point because Michael's still kind of old. Oh, and that's frail. right. Yeah. So Corey like lures him in, thinks Michael will finish him off for him, and like is standing there and kind of tells Michael like, "Show me, like, show me how you do it." Yeah. Um, and then like uh, the cop gets like gets a, gets up on Michael and Michael's like on his back feet. So Corey steps in and basically just pins this guy for Michael to pull an old rusty ass knife yeah. and stab this guy. So he's holding this cop and his Corey is yelling at Michael Myers, like, show me how you do yeah. it. I want to see. And yeah. Michael recharges. <laughs> yeah. He and then like, Michael he seems to, he gets, like he gets extra yeah. mana with every stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> like he gets of the, uh, of the, the cop or whatever. Um, it does. That's it. It seemed, it seems to be implied that Michael Myers gains like, stamina and energy from murdering people like he wild the thing that like the way to beat michael myers just starve him out yeah just don't yeah exactly without victims him. he's uh he's he's harmless. everybody in haddonfield walks around with like knife kevlar she, yeah, <laughs> yeah kevlar everything for like six to ten years and then they find his desiccated cor- desiccated corpse and they're like we did it i will say i had to suspend a little bit of disbelief within universe whenever that murder was happening yeah. because if we know anything about michael myers it's that he can pin somebody to a wall by stabbing them through the middle so yeah. like i i imagine that knife was coming out the other end of that cop or else he was just like very <laughs> wide-breasted or something yeah Corey's like oh damn it <laughs> i actually he falls they when he stabs him he falls and Corey kind of makes like a noise and i was like oh man i guess he got accidentally stabbed yeah <laughs> but he's just really Credits excited just <laughs> yeah. it's just, that's it <laughs> that's it um so i think the uh, these this next sequence i think that's where we get the uh, the date on the rooftop of the radio tower or something like after that um no because he yeah, allison loses the promotion right yeah so we oh, find out the she, doctor murders yeah nice. so she loses the promotion and it's it's pretty heavily implied that the woman who got the promotion is also sleeping with the doctor who gave her the promotion. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then it becomes explicit in this next scene. Right. The they go house. back. So then we like, we're with this doctor and we're like, Oh man, someone, we don't know who. Cause now there are two murderers are out there. Like gonna kill these people. Cause they have committed a sin, which is, you know, nepotism by sex, I guess. Sexitism. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> Nepo- sexism. Anyways, sexism just sounds like like a, like a course you ta- take. Yeah, like an intro to like, how to get know, how to win. like a gender studies class. <laughs> Secret chapter in yeah. Carnegie's book: How to Win Friends and uh, 
what is it? How to how to win friends and influence people? Yeah, sexitism. Or it's like when you when you get like like random epileptic strokes, but like in the course of coitus, you got sexitism. Oh, that's oh, that's, oh, that's probably a real thing. Actually, but they <laughs> so. And Allison's all sad. She didn't get the job, but we cut to them like the nurse and the doctor are coming back from a date. And she's like, mind if I? And he's like, go take a shower. I may join you. This is my impersonation of like how gross. Of all of it, yeah. Yeah, the This is the one thing. moment in this movie that I, I, I'm sad that Tyler isn't here to weigh in on how many of his surgeons like he saw in the face of his doctor. Ooh. <laughs> I actually have I a priest lot of. told me some stories that I've like. Tyler's a medical professional for reference. And my number one thing to do is just ask him how accurate these kills are. I'm like, what would actually happen if you were stabbed <laughs> like this? And then he proceeds to explain. And every time I'm like. Damn! Hope I don't get stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to be stabbed just as little as I did before you told right. me. Right. Uh, um, so they get stalked. The the doctor disappears. Mm-hmm. And yep. so the disappointingly the nurse, murdered off screen. Yeah, and the nurse starts like wandering the house trying to figure out what happened to him. And then surprise, surprise! It's Corey. He she like he surprises her and she closes the door and he doesn't realize I she can lock. I it. didn't hate the reveal though of him yeah. like on the ground stabbing the doctor because it's like he's not. Michael Myers. Yeah, you know? he hasn't he hasn't figured out like so, attack he, yeah, yet. He, it's a one two Which is why, like, yeah, you know, you think of like any other killer, you know, like if Ghostface was in that scenario, like he's just gonna break the glass or yeah. something like that. But Corey's just kind of like, oh damn it. He's like, ah, oh, foiled by doors. Yeah. She's like calling the cops. You're like, wow, I guess this movie really is over. It's gonna end really fast. <laughs> this kid's getting arrested again. But yeah, yeah. and then you and know, then, Michael's like, all right, I gotta. Teach the new guy. Step in for this rookie here. <sighs> they told me it was a one-day training. This <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> Guess I'll train him up. Yeah, Michael he does Myers. the classic, uh, the same kill from the first movie. Yeah, where he, he, he pins her against the yeah, wall like a corkboard. Yeah. Which we we all agree entirely impossible. Like you, you, the amount of weight a human being would have, a single kitchen knife could not pin a human body to the wall. The knife would go, the body would go. It would be a disgusting mess. <laughs> this. Have Are we, you about to we, argue? Have we me? agreed on that? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. There's no way. There's that's impossible. I think you can't pin a human body. I mean, this is my Charlie Day. There's no Pepe Sylvia moment. Let's imagine she like one thirty, right? Yeah. And you have got this kitchen knife. I think the like I think there's enough material in your sternum to support the weight of your body. Oh my god. I, I think, Tyler, get in here. Seriously. Stop. <laughs> You're convincing me. No, there's no way. I think, no. So no. If the question is, if you have an object stuck through the middle of you, is is the weight of your sternum and your like chest cavity, if, if, like say it goes through your spine even or your back. It has to go ribs. out the back in order yeah. to pin. So let's say it goes through your ba- the back of well, your rib. Well, that page, implies right? the knife alone is maybe what, like... A foot? It doesn't have to be a foot. I mean, like a she's foot, a like petite. A what is her? What is her butt half size? Half a foot? That's yeah. still like. I don't know. That's a hell of a knife. Yeah, but it, to do it on multiple people. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I and mean, what are we dealing with? Drywall? Is this like a? <laughs> okay, so here was I was we thinking is, contract. What if he like, pinned her to a stud? Yeah, I could see it working. It, well, you would if need that a stud. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Which, if we know anything about Michael Myers, he's he's good. He's good at finding. He's studs. a stud. <laughs> He's he's done some contracting. I have in the questions, past. and I worry about you now, Travis. <laughs> I think this would work. I I, I am in I'm in in the camp of Tyler. Believing if that you're it. listening, you better text the group chat and tell us. <laughs> you better see this. I'm gonna text you right now. Would this work? Question mark. And then YouTube clip of it happening. Yeah, 
I don't know if he's seen this yet. I'll, I'm I'm excited to ask him because I'm also excited to ask him about the opening movie be- of the movie because I think he would have found it hilarious. As well. I don't think the kid would have died. I think he would have been he deeply snapped paralyzed. His fucking neck like backwards. Yeah, yeah but as long as your neck, no, he would have. All right. It was. I, a... I guess I didn't see the backwards part, but yeah, it was like it was like a, it was a big, it was like a yeah. Like as long a, as there's oxygen flow to the brain, the human being's still alive technically. Yeah. Where's a medical? Damn it! I need a medical <laughs> professional. Uh, so yeah, the, the doctor murders wrap up, uh, and we know that that Corey is on his rampage. He's adopted. So earlier in the movie, when they went to the Halloween party, he put on a clown mask. That was his costume. Oh, it was a scarecrow mask. A scarecrow yeah. mask. That's what it was for the. You just want it to be a clown. I yeah. I just in my head, I retconned it as a clown. Uh, but that's his mask now. That's what he wears whenever he commits the murders. Uh, but he has a similar big blue jumpsuit because he's a mechanic. And he you also had, had the the whole moment of him like unwrapping his hand and like holding it up against the glass. As Michael's like pinning this lady to the wall, just like, trying to absorb. The... Yeah, well, it's like it's it just becomes Christine at that moment. Like, yeah, he's just like healing himself through yeah. Michael's kills. It's like I don't need my glasses anymore. Like this is healed in he's a becoming way, more like, and more powerful with each kill. Yeah, exactly, it's which is like... a great point because then they go on the on their little mm. date. And so they go. So, so we already know he's in rampage. Mode. So we yeah. So Corey's gone wombo combo with Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he Who goes, I guess just goes takes takes I a guess breather. Under yeah, Corey, like, right, this point. Yeah. I think the real moral is Corey was two timing. Like he yeah. was cheating on Michael with Allison and cheating on <laughs> Allison with Michael. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. why. You know what? The final third makes way more sense to me now. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, kind of like can't it more. Have her. He just like looks Michael at his He can. can't have me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would <laughs> take myself out. Yeah. He's like on the roof with Alice, and his phone goes off. It's like, oh, who's texting you? It's uh, like Michael. Like, it. hey, like you, you want a smile emoji? Like a knife, knife, knife. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, nobody, nobody. Let's, let's. Anyway, here's my backstory. He like, does a little like call. squirty yeah. emoji too. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't. Is Michael Myers sexual? No, he's completely. The whole point is he no, he no is sex. sexual. He's, he's complete, like he's completely asexual, though. Like I mean, right, that's his, he's uh, he he. The sin of of any sexuality is what he is is murdering. Yeah. I love that we have the hard answers to hard questions. Like one, can you pin a body to a wall? <laughs> Two, is Michael does Michael Myers fuck? No, he <laughs> patently does not by definition. Negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, These are important things. Yeah, it's it's actually that plays a role in the whole like the entire arc of Michael Myers. Um, but yeah, they have their their rooftop radio station date, which is cute. And I they mean, they yeah. kind of he's like, we need to get away. Like he's yeah. kind of like, let's get out of here. <laughs> I've murdered three people, four well, people. And they and they hint on the kind of him getting stronger, right? And this he's like, oh, I'm gonna jump off this roof. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's okay. Yeah, it does a little fake out, but then he actually jumps off the lake, like, and then he's not okay. Roof. Yeah. So it's like he's not fully developed as a developed, uh, as a he, superhuman but murderer. he does he does the the sit-up mm-hmm. he does the michael Myers oh yeah sit up when he gets up and you're like wait a minute <laughs> that's suck. that is the thing i do i did love about one of the things i loved about Corey is he just he knew how to play the body language exactly like michael myers so you're seeing yeah. it and you're like anyone who knows the like the how this is how yeah you know the, sh- the shape michael myers kills or works or operates you're like that's it. That's yeah. the thing. You do the Leonardo well, DiCaprio meme. You're like, that, oh. that even kind of, <laughs> it, right there. it goes kind of even before he met Michael, I'd have to double, you know, see it again just to confirm. But like, I'm fairly certain at the party when he's, they first show him like in the scarecrow get up, he does the kind of little head nod thing yeah. that Michael does sometimes. And that's even before he meets him. So mm-hmm. they're already trying to set that up before kind of that. 
And is the one shot of uh, when they first started getting getting together and Laurie is first being suspicious of him and she looks out the window and does the classic, like, he's by the bush, right? And then he disappears. Is that before or after? That's he's, before. Right. And so because he's already... She's, she's at the date yeah, like, in her car. Right. Um, yeah. So that happens before. And he's already exhibiting the, yeah, the, the classic body language. Because she of... greets him. I mean, at one point at one point in this movie before this date, before he... But after he's met Michael, but before he starts getting stabby-stabby... He like kind of greets Laurie Strode, who like looks deep in his eyes and is like, "Oh shit, yeah. this guy's messed up." She, yeah. her Michael Myers sense starts tingling. Yeah, so there's a question mark because that's had the there. other like that's the other conceit that we is kind of is supposed to push the plot forward is the idea that Laurie has has witnessed within him. She can see the like the turn or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it gets exposited later too. Whenever it's the the dad of yes. the kid who died at the beginning of the movie, because they're kind of going around and like asking other people, like, "Do you think Corey's fucked up?" And like they <laughs> like, check in with the dad who like saw him on the night of the Halloween party or something when he was like walking home all bloody and shit and is like he because the dad says that he had more sympathy than his wife did like he understood that like it was an accident and he felt for the kid and understood that he was a good kid at heart who had mowed his lawn yeah but he said when he drove by him that night he looked in those that kid's eyes and the kid looked back and it wasn't the same like it was a different person or whatever Um, so it's the idea that other people are witnessing everybody but Allison essentially witnesses him changing into a different character Um, this is the point that I kind of want to like t- like big picture talk about whether like i don't know how basically like what i think what your opinion of this whole like plot line like hinges on right which is what this is deviating away from and what is interesting about it and i'm not sure if it's fully fleshed out is michael myers as a monster right and like the general like premise and sort of fear of the original movies um was always that Michael Myers was more of like a force of nature than like a real person, right? People always compare, um, a fun comparison to make is to talk about how like movies like Jaws are a sla- Jaws is a slasher That's movie. That's wild. Right? I just read a book that made that argument. Yeah, I was, somebody else was making this uh, talk, argument in an interview. The idea that Jaws is like a slasher, but it's uh, the shark is Michael Myers, right? It, it's some ominous force that is in the background that you can't really understand, you can't control, you can only fear it and run away from it and hope that you don't encounter it, right? right. And so so this is something that I think is interesting in the way that the development of this character is 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 positioned and different from what we think of as like the core spirit of the original Halloween movies, which is that Michael Myers is not a person like and even the first two movies in this franchise are kind of like positing this like Michael Myers is a force of nature. He's pure evil incarnate and that he's not something that you can understand or reason with um, or, or fight against. He's just something that you have to fear and avoid and hope someday disappears he's the boogeyman and so what I think is interesting and I, I guess like what my opinion of this movie kind of like falls upon is like how do we feel like is the movie saying that you know you can have a character that turns into Michael Myers and does that work or when he ultimately dies are we saying that the, that that can't work right that like a human being can never really be Michael Myers or be on the same level as him because even experiencing intense trauma and then trying to use these crazy murders assuming this position as a monster it doesn't help he can never escape his humanity like he's still at the end of the day like a human being who who has all the weaknesses of a human being Corey is uh and he he can never be the same as michael myers um that's a lot i don't know i feel like that's what they wanted to do but again i don't think they committed to anything yeah because you know when we get to that point of that's where it would go they kind of pull back Mm -hmm. and then it just becomes about michael and laurie again and you're like but you had this whole arc in the second act about Corey kind of 
becoming this new evil and mm-hmm. transferring it and it is more than just a man like maybe necessarily michael was just a man who also got corrupted and then kind of over time got powered up by all these kills over the right. years and then you know because i feel like with Corey, what they're trying to say is like the infectiousness of evil like the yeah, idea yeah. that it's something that you can catch and that michael myers spreads it around and that even like at the beginning something we kind of glossed over was that there's other things going on in the town like other like accidents and murders and stuff that they kind of position as being like there's something there's a residual aura of like evil yeah, here that yeah. is is harming other people too well, that's kind of like I, it's interesting to me because i think the ideas tie together like the two themes of like how fear one is about what what fear is how is fear useful and how is fear like adversarial to mm-hmm. us um obviously michael myers being the embodiment of fear um like we said like the second movie is about that mob mentality but it wouldn't have been created if it weren't for that distillation that creature that like a whole village could turn out and Lori even has a monologue about like there's like two kinds of yeah it's the like internal fear. and external yeah and, essentially like... but the the interest the thing i loved about the movie was pointing out how like it's like an inflection point is like a lot of bad things can happen which can turn a whole village kind of like it'll unite people but that unity can also make you bitter. And mm-hmm. that bitterness can create a new atmosphere wherein the next killer can be born. Hence, yeah. Corey. Yeah. So it's like Corey is, at the start, uh, a victim of mishap and then uh, ostracized to the point where, like, he's literally, like, this is, and this is how social, like, serial killers are often made, too. Part of their brains just don't work. But, like, the idea that they just don't get enough social interaction to develop that kind of empathy or, like, that trauma within them is like uh is maintained in a lot of ways by the people around them um whether it's like you know henpecked husbands who just go off one day but Corey is like the because kind of the he's thing ostracized I, from society it's yeah also, that's it's, kind it's of the compounding thing I, on his, his the thing i love about this movie it, that they do explore <clears throat> is the idea that like Corey is uh they ask like was he born a killer or was he made a killer and the movie kind of says like he was made a killer because mm-hmm. when we first meet him, he's a hapless idiot. Like he's not bad at all. But then we get, you know, all this stuff. Subsequently, he develops these horrible tendencies mm-hmm. because he, you know, is ostracized from this community that, you know, from all appearances could be well, like heart well, heartwarming and welcoming. Um, and so it's interesting that like fear has its price in a yeah. lot of way. Um, but like what, like you said, is they just, they have this great idea and then eschew all of it and not even in a succinct way that feels like it caps off the story, um, to focus back on the mythology that is just Lori and Michael and, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. It's, and even more, then, it's more just shrugged off, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's um, like an way. unanswered it's and like I a think, thesis paper without a conclusion. Yeah, and I think that's my that's yeah. my argument is that like I think what people who are fans of this franchise and this character may be dismayed by and why even as much as you know some of the fun parts of that middle section are yeah. they definitely feel like they come from a different movie where it's like it's not you know which is a cool it's a cool idea and if it was executed maybe a little bit more successfully maybe it would land better right. but i think that that's the thing where it's like we're kind of sidelining this character this idea that michael myers is like i said like a force of nature who is not like can't be reasoned with and it can't really be compared to any normal human being right. but the whole point of this movie the whole thesis of like the Corey character is that look what happens you know like this is how it happens like you can compare the experience of this person and see how he's turned into something like Michael Myers but maybe if if the argument of the movie ultimately when by dispensing with him is to show like oh 
no, that's what happens to a human who tries to become Michael Myers. Michael yeah. Myers is something completely different. Well, there's there's two parts of it. One is, I mean, we have to get to it, but I will. I'll just kind of jump a little, mm-hmm. I'll jump ahead to say, you know, him taking himself out is if you're trying to draw a neat bow on it, it would imply that like that that level of uh, violence and fear and rage combined is un, is not sustainable and so will then collapse upon itself. Yeah, like a normal or, person can't handle that. Right, and and then subsequently after that we get a surprise reveal he's not quite dead and Michael finishes the job. So yeah. then it's like implied that it, it was it'll it'll always pale in comparison to the thing right. that it like aspired to be and at this point i wonder if we're doing too much work for the movie because i think oh, that, i think sure. i think that's a very i think we're giving a very generous reading of those events. i do but yeah. I, they do invite it like th- when they have these long monologues about the theme like literally mm-hmm. talking about the theme to yeah the, the evil without and the evil within yeah, yeah. And, and saying like my thing is i just think the coolest idea in this is exploring that was he born a killer or was he made a killer yeah. yeah the nature versus nurture thing yeah and and that's the greatest question of michael myers is mm-hmm. like because you know he kills in the first five minutes of the first movie and yeah. he's a child it's implied that like why would a child kill a babysitter there's like no motivation and that that utter randomness has always been at the forefront of our minds when we talk michael myers it's yeah. like is he motivated or not and the answer for these series is like no he's just evil yeah, or just, like the, the more he kills machine. the more yeah. evil he gets like yeah. he murders a part of of empathy that what little empathy he had maybe He's like he only he doesn't kill kids. He only kills babysitters. There's like weird lines and laws about it, but we start to see it like we just can't quite wrap our head around what makes him him because it's the just the like it's pure chaos. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the nihilism of it all. Yeah, it's like it's just murder for murder's yeah. sake. I which think that's is what the, that's what the the lasting appeal of that character has been over right. time over the last several like Ghostface has a reason in the first movie right. Right. sometimes in the second movie sort like every character reveal and scream yeah. they have a reason yeah. and even Miss Voorhees like you know she has a, a reason to yeah. like yeah. kill all those kids and stuff and then like Jason arguably does afterwards yeah too, and like, like Freddy was kind of wronged at the very beginning yeah. and that it just drags on whatever yeah. but like there's a motivation that Michael Myers is lacking yeah that we have just been guess we've been making he's movies just kind of evil. poking at yeah as far as D goes yeah he's just yeah. like pure chaotic evil where it's like he just kills for the sake of killing the but problem it's focused on Laurie the real problem is is it physically manifest is he so like chaotic evil that he can withstand that kind of like barrage of getting his fingers chopped off and Shot all this stuff six times right but all this <laughs> stuff about like no he's just human enough to be frail but the villainy kind of like resur- you know what i mean with the more yeah. he kills the better he the stronger he gets well, kind of thing i kind of wonder if it becomes a situation of even if he does get stronger every kill. Like, right. Like you said, I mean, they kind of kicked his ass in the second movie, right? Right. And so when you see him in the beginning of this one, he's kind of frail and old. He's been doing this so long. But it's more like, not it, it reminds me of Freddy Krueger in the sense of like, how do you defeat Freddy, Freddy Krueger? You're like, oh, I'm not afraid of you anymore. You lose all your power. Right. So it's it's not necessarily, obviously they're afraid of him, but it's more of like, are they just so desensitized to the mm-hmm. fact that he's just going to come in every Halloween and kill yeah. a handful of people. They're kind of like, all right, like that's just something you I'm going to, like, I'm going to go to the vacation home. Yeah. Like, like pollen you know? season, right? Like there's yeah. a period of the year here How in Texas where we just sees yeah. every Halloween. And so that just kind of becomes yeah. that sense of, yeah, he's weakening because 
they're kind of like, all right, losing. This is, this is they just stop believing it. in like, him, so he loses his power kind in of, some way, right? You know? But um, the problem is, it's it's a muddled perspective. Yeah. Right. It, sometimes he is, and sometimes he isn't, and yeah. that means it's it's just not strong enough to work either way. So yeah. we're we're left with this trilogy of movies where, like, I mean, he kills. Yeah. That happens. That's cool. And then, eh. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe let's talk about the ending of this movie, not. yeah, because yeah. we, we kind of glossed over it. But like, so um, yeah, so the, basically, the like, radio station murder—that's yeah. a big one, right? Yeah. So finally, so blah blah blah. Corey and Allison are like kind of on, kind they're kind of dating and like yeah. being rebels. Corey gets kicked out of his home, whatever. Um, Lori's like starting to push Allison, like, "Don't see that boy. I, pr- I f- won't permit you." Um, I do finally... quickly want to point out we we kind of uh, skipped over it, but uh, Corey's home life is portrayed a little bit, and he has it's the very classic, like yeah, psycho. Yeah, he has yeah. the classic like overbearing mother who is like simultaneously like hates him but loves him and is like you know overly possessive essentially. Some weirdly sexual overtones. Yeah, to that yeah too. there's some like Oedipus stuff in there, and oh, it's funny yeah. because like I love there's that going on. And you're like, all right, that makes sense. But then there's like his dad, which is like he's like a totally cool dude who's just like an older <laughs> like the human love. equivalent of a shrug. Yeah, he's just <laughs> yeah, exactly. giant caricature of a, of an old italian mechanic dude yeah uh, who yeah like gifts him the motorcycle at the beginning of the movie um i think we skipped over so i think um we we have the the scenario the scene in the junkyard right where the uh the teenage kids showed it back up again um oh man and, that's uh, the best scene in the whole movie. yeah we yeah. forgot about the kills of that one because i think well, that that's happens. what i'm like te- teeing up for is yeah. essentially we get all this plot about like they're the things start escalating. Yeah. The point is that middle section opposing forces. Lori says, no, you can't date. Allison starts falling more for this guy. Yeah. This guy starts killing other people. He kind of gets his revenge. And then he says like, all right, we're getting out of town like this night, pack your shit. Let's go. And that's the night the third act kind of kicks off. Yeah. And so that night he goes on a, like a rampage to get, you know, payback, get vengeance. And that's where we get, we're in this, the first, one of the first things he does is kind of like tease the, he scratches Psycho into this into the car of these yeah. teenagers who's been like bullying him this whole movie, and leads them into the uh, the like junkyard. junkyard and disappears. Yeah, and then we get like just a perfect Halloween sequence of like cat and mouse. People are getting picked off one by one, except they go bad. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are some of the most brutal kills I think. That's that's yeah. probably the funnest part of the movie, honestly, for me was. Um, yeah, the the first like drumstick kid gets killed like off screen. Like they just come back to the car and the the main bully's like, "Oh my god, what the fuck?" Yeah. There's a drumstick <laughs> yeah, through a drumstick his, his eye. eye yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Which I think uh, I wish I wish Tyler were here because I think because this is what we've done. We've done this before. Where if it goes through the ocular orb and not the back of your skull, it's yeah. technically not enough brain damage to kill you. We talked about this on our Tucker and Dale episode too, because there's a there's a scene where like yeah there's a nail that goes like up through somebody's yeah orbital yeah and it's like yeah there's there's been construction accidents where people like yeah walk you can to survive that the, stuff like the ambulance or whatever yeah so um, technically drumstick drumstick kid isn't dead he might but be he dead. probably would have bled out yeah he looked pretty dead yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, maybe he got stabbed first what's so, what's saddest about I this guess. scene is the uh, the most empathetic band nerd bully. Uh, like it was like one of the girls yeah, or whatever the girl who gets stuck in the, the, like she under tries, the fence and everything yeah because uh, Corey like closes the gate to the junkyard trapping them inside right <laughs> you just know it's gonna go bad when he does that you're like oh they're so fucked <laughs> so the one the most empathetic character who like actually was saying like trying to like dissuade the other bullies from bullying Corey she runs off and tries to climb the fence and he drives the pickup like straight at her and like runs over the front gate and pins her yeah. underneath like the the under a fence, fence under a car yeah, yeah. oh it come leaves her for for later but like 
he then kills uh, the other girl. The girl yeah. goes to help her. And then her. He kills her, and then the big bully, the bad kid, the one we've been like, he's the dick, the one whose dad hates him, goes to like try and help. And she's like, no, don't. And yeah. then you turn around, <laughs> and fucking Corey's standing over, and standing over him, wearing the Michael Myers mask. He went and took it from Michael, because yeah. this right. is his revenge. Yeah. And in the in the overall, so we're like he's hiding, like he's pretending to be Michael, so yeah, that he cosplay. will get away with it. And he like flips this kid over, I guess, kind of knocks him out a little yeah. bit, and uh, he's like, you know, still reeling, like, oh, it's well, going and also on. the kid shoots the dad first before that. Oh happens. yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that because yeah, the dad like the uh, yeah. Terry's name is Terry yeah. is, is the main boy. He goes right? and gets help. He tries to get help from uh, the Corey's dad, who's in the office of the junkyard thing, and he's like watching his his shows, and uh, he like he's like, all right. He like pulls out the guns. He pulls out the pistol and gives the kid like a shotgun or something or like a. He rifle. gives him a pistol. Yeah. Uh, no, he gives him like he gives a the rifle. kid the rifle. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, and uh, goes out to look for like, to investigate or whatever, and then. Um, Which is a great it's a great beat because we know it's Corey. Like yeah. we know it's yeah. Corey. So it's Corey's dad. Yeah. And uh, Corey's dad is like talking to this girl who's trapped under a fence. Like, oh my god, oh my god! And Corey steps out and in the Michael Myers costume. Yeah. Um and the dad is like panicked. He doesn't know it's Corey. He's just freaking out, and he kind of, well, or he's looking no, back. No, because he was just holding the mask at that point. Oh. Because the dad is the one who goes to help. Oh the yeah, girl. yeah. Oh okay. And That's then right. she's like, "Oh my god, you're gonna die!" He's behind you, and then you get that moment of Terry comes out and sees Corey there, just like holding the mask. So mm-hmm. everybody knows it's Corey at this point. And the dad just kind of is looking like in disbelief and Terry goes to shoot him and the dad stands up and yeah. just gets the blast to the face. <laughs> yeah, which you know as soon as he like he's like this kid lugging around a rifle like twice his yeah. arm's length, like trying to hold oh, it up. Yeah, you You're know like, this is gonna, gonna end bad. badly. Yeah. 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 And uh, uh, but then Corey has that moment after that of at least the way they filmed it is like the dad stands up, gets shot, when he falls, Corey's gone. Mm-hmm. Like that Which, kind of supernatural Michael Myers esque teleportation. Like, that he does. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Batman's out of there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, Terry, the bully, goes and uh, it, it, like goes to like see what see what the hell's going on because um, Corey's just yeah. gone. And that's when Corey, like, I guess, bashes him, bonks him on the head and gets him like subdued enough to yeah. fucking whip out a blowtorch, spark that sucker, get it going, <laughs> and then promptly just blowtorch this yeah. kid's lower jaw. Into infinity. That was a gnarly. <laughs> While one. the girl trapped into the chain link fence just, watches. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. I think Farius looked at me. It was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, that was that. That one has definitely been one of the more gruesome ones. Yeah, because there weren't a whole lot of like creative kills in this mm-hmm. one, but that yeah. was definitely like that was one of them. Where you're like, fuck yeah, yeah, nice. So then, and then he just bashes the other girl's head in, and that's just like he that's like that. yeah he yeah. curb stomps her head. Yeah. All uh, uh oh, what's that American terror? What's that movie? With um, Ed Norton, where he curb stomps a guy's head in. Oh, um, uh, American History, History X. Yeah, yeah. He American History X is that girl's cabeza. Oof, oof. The <laughs> yeah, that's a wolf pumpkin smash yeah. if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Smashing pumpkins. Wolf, wolf pumpkin Anybody? smash is my new band name. <laughs> wolf pumpkin smash. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for Michael Myers. Uh, so now Corey's on a rampage. Yeah. Rampage. The other character in the background that we've kind of like we forgot to mention is uh, Willie the Kid. 
Um, so played by Karun Harris. He's this uh, radio DJ who's like his, his audio has been in the background, like as like diagenic noise, like for the yeah. characters. Which like, I like. So I don't like Laurie's narration, but I do like your local radio DJ yeah. being the like the bumper segments to yeah. kind of recap some of the story. Yeah, I, I think, think that works that's better because like, it's in universe. It's yeah. in the story, and it kind of alludes to like a small town has its favorite radio station yeah. kind of thing. And he's like an up and cupping DJ. Like he's like he's he's like full of himself, but he's like yeah. you kind of got to be when you're a personality like that, right? Um, but he was the one who kicked them off the radio station roof earlier because they were like yeah. partnering yeah. around and kind of bullies both of them. Like, I know you, you're both victims, you're yeah. famous, and I'll get off my private property. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. So Corey's got a grudge. We all get it. Mm-hmm. Um, this and... is another one of the more creative kills. Like, yeah. <laughs> but isn't it? <laughs> Do we go back to Allison, right? Because it's Allison and Lori talking. Yeah, they're yeah, having a their whole big blowout argument yeah. about like I can leave or whatever, and like they, he, she basically like you know tries to disown herself from from Lori. Um, she does call her her grandmother like she's as much to blame as Michael. Sort of is like yeah. you're you're fucked up. Like years you won't of, let this years go. Years of I, therapy I and going though, to group, like, and you're like you're no you're you're just all of a sudden okay. Yeah. I f- I feel like at this point in this universe, anytime Lori Strode is like. That's Michael Myers. Just, Just believe, believe her. her. Just believe her. <laughs> like her word. Nobody for it. thought Michael was coming back in the yeah. first. Like nobody believed yeah. her in the first movie, and they all got killed. It's like, yeah. why don't you just trust her instinct? Like clearly, she has way more history than you do. Right. Just go with it. Well, especially like, now that she's like, she's wearing sweaters, baking pies, writing her sober. memoir. She's sober. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was the a first big thing. movie. I understood why no one believed her. Right. The point is her trauma defined her. And right. now, she has like a drinking problem and was like, like, you know, yeah, a, a, it's everyone else's hoarder living out in the middle this of movie, nowhere. She's like a freaking horticulturalist. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. And she, so <laughs> she gets on the sauce again though. That's when we kind of like kick off like her final sort of like Allison thing. pieces the fuck out. Yeah. She's like, fuck you pay me leaves. <laughs> and, uh, so then Corey's on a murder spree. Yeah, he goes and murders the DJ, and then... Like, oh, that's a good one, too, yeah. though, because he... Uh, the DJ, like, I guess hits a, they hit a button where he's on air, and he smashes the DJ's head enough to where, like, his teeth yeah. are, like, disfigured, and his tongue is, like, sticking out. Well, he cuts... He uses the scissors. And he takes scissors. a pair of scissors yeah, and, and cuts, cuts the DJ's tongue, tongue yeah. off, and it lands on a record. And so every time the needle hits that part of the record, <laughs> it just flips, skips it over. Flips. Yeah. So it's li- you watch it happen like four times, and it's like definitely like a CG tongue or something because yeah. it like and the tongue like yeah like it moves slithers or something. And it's the audio, so, so like you hear the the radio audio as it's like skipping on that record, and it right. like carries over into the car where Allison is driving to like. And she's like, "That's weird. Why is the radio station yeah. making yeah. weird noises?" She's driven to like Corey's house because she can't find him anywhere, and they were supposed to meet up to make their grand escape yeah. or whatever. And he's already killed his mom. Fuck yeah. that shit. Yeah. Um. So then we're we're back with Lori, and I guess Lori is just give. We're supposed to believe she's just given up. She's like. She's uh, so damn. distraught over yeah. Allison leaving that well, they she like, had, they starts drinking kind of, again. They had hinted at it too a little bit, like earlier in the film that she was like, as she's writing her book and as she's kind of like talking, um, that she was kind of contemplating suicide a little bit. I didn't know that. They like as she's like writing, she kind of oh. had some of the words that she had written in her little memoir had kind uh-huh. of. Sunday scaries. I couldn't, yeah, because I couldn't remember that. well enough yeah. if they had teased that because it did feel to me like it came out of nowhere too. Where she was like, because she's she's drinking like a whole pint of whiskey and like goes up to the yeah like her office or whatever and is like 
setting out, you know, her necklace and like making the arrangements and everything to and really it, set it up. Like it's she's, played. I, this is like sad to say, but it's played perfectly because that is exactly how something like that would right. happen. Is like she essentially gets her affairs in order. Yeah. She's writing a note and like then she makes a call to the police and says, you know, I'd like to report a suicide uh, and gives her address and stuff. Yeah, and, and pulls so, a gun out of the vault, and you're like, wait, what? What mm-hmm. the? F-? She's just gonna. That's how this goes. Yeah. And um, definitely, it was like a it's kind of a cheap fake out, but like yeah, it was a long fake out. Yeah, it was a very long I was fake like, why out. draw this out if it's just a fi- if it's just a bit? Yeah, poor Jack O'Lantern. She committed to the bit though. <laughs> yeah, because by this point, Corey has arrived at the house, and his intention it seems is to murder Lori Strode because she won't let Allison that's gone with him or whatever. Yeah, right. And so like in the very last moment, like you know, you see her putting the gun up to her head, and then like Corey from the other angle from outside the door like opens it and or like you see a splat a gunshot and splatter against the wall uh and then when he opens the door it's revealed that she shot the the jack-o'-lantern that was sitting on her mantle uh to, to fake him Corey. out yeah and kind of like comes out and she's like did you really think i would kill myself yeah Wait, like <laughs> I mean, yeah, As that was kind of the point. audience. Why like, did I watch you like stack your memoir, like yeah. unhook your necklace, call the police, yes, delicately Jamie, withdraw police? Yeah. Because I'm that's like, what the movie was telling us. I'm sorry. <laughs> I yeah. promise I won't pay attention anymore. Yeah. But so she gets one up on him. Uh, she gets like two. I think she gets like two or three rounds in the guy. She gets like, yeah, two or three shots. And in. then comes out and like lords it over him. He's. I mean, you see him, you're like, oh, this guy's a goner. He's yeah. not Michael Myersing his way this out of this. This is where we get sort of the first indication, like, kind of showing explicitly. It's like, oh, he's not the same as Michael Myers. Yeah. Like, he is a human being that will be taken out by a gunshot. Like, Yeah, and she even does this thing where she fires the remainder of her bullets into a nearby wall. Yeah. And right. then, like, clicks empty and is like, see, like, this, I took you out. Like, this is it. Um, And th- it's just, th- this Corey goes in, like, the dumbest way possible. Yeah. He just- it doesn't make sense to me, but uh, he, she's like telling him, like, I knew you were bad and, you know, Alice, you can't have Allison. And while this is happening, so we're clear, because this is another timing bit, bit, Allison is like driven out to the edge of town. She sees a fire at the radio station, yeah. remembers her fight with the radio DJ and promptly turns back around. So as Laurie Strode is like standing over a shot, um, Corey who is she's like telling him you can't have my my granddaughter you're evil um you hear the car pull up and Corey starts smiling like oh fuck yeah you're about to fall you're about to take the fall and kind of knows he's on his way out Lori's like panicking because i think Corey had the knife yeah Mm -hmm. and then she takes it from him or he yeah he has the knife (laughs) yeah and basically looks like kind of looks her in the eyes and says you know, if I can't have Allison, no one, no can, one yeah. can. And then promptly just chucks the entire knife into his windpipe. Yeah. And we just watch him, like, he doesn't do anything else, just kind of, like, take the knife. And then Lori, like, freaks out, pulls the knife out of him. Bam, door opens. Allison walks in. Lori's holding a bloody knife over her boyfriend who has told yeah. her that your your grandma wants to kill me. Your grandma wants to kill oh, me. Oh, this doesn't look good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Lori immediately is like, oh, fuck. I've been framed for murder. Yep, that's me. You might be wondering how I find myself in this situation. <laughs> well, it's a long story. Let me start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So there's so it's kind of like, a. I guess, the culmination of that, that story is like Corey is like fine fuck you all ruin your real, your only real relationship yeah yeah on his way out um and then they like there's panic um, but it doesn't last very long yeah like and then that allison leaves 
Yeah. Again, yeah. She runs out because yeah, Allison that's trans really Lori pissed. by herself yeah, again. Doesn't notice the gunshots, yeah. I guess. Doesn't notice. You know what I mean? Like, there's so mm-hmm. many things you're like. So your first instinct when someone is bleeding out on your floor is to stand there and accuse your grandmother. I don't know, like maybe administer aid. Let me get some more details here before we... Yeah, like I know that you might not be like, well, you know, when I look at the gunshot, the bullet holes in the wall, you you do make a lot of sense. He starts doing ballistic analysis. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's that's unreasonable. Allison's pet hobby. It's just like with their fucking, with the gel dummies. She's like shooting crossbows into it, seeing what the penetration depth is. Yeah, that doesn't happen. (laughs) And she kind of panics and leaves. And then, um, so then it's like, goodbye, goodbye. Allison will never see Lori again, which yeah. I this is, give this is an extra beat that also took. Yeah. It was like, all right, now we're back in the same mindset yeah. we were before. And uh, here we go. Lori goes to the kitchen and is like, fuck. Oh no. And that's when the oh, final wait, the showdown back door is open. Yeah. <laughs> and voila. And here we are. Like it was always meant to be Michael Myers versus Lori. Yeah. And she like knows pretty, um, the oh, moment she, she sees the door knows, open, she's but... like, all right. It's go game time. Yeah, it's go time. Let's do this. <laughs> and they do. Yeah, they get into it and they have their final scuffle. And it's a. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a fight. It's a it's the the shot from the trailer that didn't right really mean anything of her. Yeah. Ferris her was hand. telling me what was it you were saying about the kitchen? Oh, I just thought that it looked like the layout of the kitchen was like identical to her house in the first movie. Oh yeah. Like everything about and I don't That's know if right. that was just like they reused the same set we had and just mentioned, kinda changed it or like Yeah, we had mentioned how they like perfectly mirror some shots yeah. from the original movie. Yeah. And well, they, to a point, like especially when developing like Corey's relationship to Michael yeah. too, that's kind of like one of the whole points. They have like uh yeah, they, they get into a to a fight, she stabs him, she he cuts her uh, Michael Myers finally gets trapped underneath a refrigerator. Yeah. Uh, he's crucified onto the kitchen island with, Which was with multiple Honestly, a, a cool little moment. I thought it was a cool way to like, yeah. And then it, Allison shows back up and helps in pinning him down with, yeah, multiple different knives uh, until finally they, they slowly Which I love draw a knife to across draw his this throat. Out, she uh, she kind of gets, Lori gets the upper hand and uh, knife chunks this, uh, yeah. Michael Myers' hand into the thing. And as if that's not enough, grabs a nearby frying pan and hammers it yeah. down. <laughs> she fucking, uh, what do they call it? The crucifixion thing where it's like through the the hand. Oh, there's a word for it? Yeah, there's a word for when like the knife through, the, the nail through the hand. The stigmata. She stigmatas oh, the shit. hell out of him. All right. Well, that was a deep cut. Yeah, but that's a two dollar word. Uh, yeah, she stigmatizes him. Then gets the other hand, uh, yeah. and they both kind of like pin him down. Well, <laughs> I thought she slits his throat first. No, I think that's the like the very last, or is it her, his wrist? His wrist was that's what was it was after. But I thought she slits his throat because then he like tears his hand. Mm. On oh the yeah, knife and starts choking her. Yeah. And then that's when Allison comes in. Right. Because she's at the point, she's like, all right, just do it. Like, yeah. We're both going to go be down. One. It's like, be both of us. Oh, yeah. I have nothing to live for at this yeah. point. Like, just do it. Yeah. And then Allison is like, no. Save Let's her. both take him out. From a frail old man who yeah. has, uh, like, the tendons in his hand are cut. I and Again, anatomically, I don't think your hand works if you rip it out of a knife block. Does if yeah. you're Michael Myers, yeah, man. Yeah, it does. If you're, and like, if you're losing if you're Corey, blood across no. your throat. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, they they finally they bleed him to death. Yeah, and Michael Myers dies. He is no more. But they they're not taking any chances though. Yeah, they the cops show up and it's the the sheriff from the second movie who has been absent this entire movie. The entire he's, time. He's, he's about as effective as the mayor in Jaws. Yeah, like, he's literally like, like, how are you still here? You yeah, had three movies. He had a really anything, rough time like, in the second movie too. <laughs> he's got, I don't know. Yeah, he still has a job as a bummer. And all and the cops are like coming in. Will Patton shows up. And yeah. Then, Lori's there and they're it's like, like the whole town basically yeah yeah so that so it's interesting because now the movie goes for a victory lap so right literally <laughs> yeah they and strap him to the roof they strap of her his car. body yeah. his fucked up body yeah and the police are like this is not okay and the the, the sheriff from the, the second movie is like no it's okay they were like this isn't how we do things and he's like tonight it is yeah <laughs> so then so basically they like honor a um uh, they honor this like insane murder essentially strap his body to the car they get a police ca- like motorcade convoy <laughs> drive through <laughs> the city I think that like the police are like kind of broadcasting down their frequencies so like people just start coming out of their homes to yeah, watch the marching them. band this shows body. up there's floats Whoa, what, what's they left start of throwing, the marching band they start throwing <laughs> butcher knives yep. out to the, the audience on the side there are a couple board. drummers yeah, yeah there are a couple, a couple drummers <laughs> trying to figure out where their band leader was Where's where's our center snare? Has anybody Where? seen Terry? <laughs> where's our bass four? We need the backbeat. Oh my god, I don't get these bad nerd jokes, but it looks like fun. Uh, but they, yeah, they they make it all. They the whole fucking town follows them into the to the, the junkyard, junkyard where yeah. we forgot about Chekhov's meat grinder. That was yeah, set but up it's earlier. not really Chekhov's meat grinder except until the very very end. Yeah. So I don't feel like it was. It, I mean, it was teased, but in a way oh, that I mean, I didn't they feel showed like it paid several off. times. Yeah, it was. It's one of those giant like, a couple times metal sure. scrap chippers that you use at junkyards to like, get rid of like anything. aluminum. Yeah, like, literally anything. So you're like, that's yeah. the only way, they <laughs> including can pure evil. Yeah. So in front of the whole town, you love that they they crowd surfed him to the wood chipper yes there was a bit i actually kind of panicked because there was a bit where Lori jumps to a lower level and i was like what the is fuck? she gonna jog oh, into the gonna fucking, go, yeah. Yeah. yeah and i was like uh no do they know she's still inside the machine and i was wrong because they cuts and it's like oh she's yeah, on a lower like a platform, platform. like there's only one person for this job i will say though like Going back to the crowds, I would not want to be a part of that. Like, oh, like, no. this is disgusting. Like, he this had his bleeding all over. Like, we don't know where he's been. Like, no, dude. He smells he, like he's sewer. He's got to have all these seat. diseases. He's been spending like, yeah. four years in a fucking sewer drain. Like, living homeless like a troll. people. Yeah, seriously. You know, Hep C, at least, if yeah. not fucking HR, like something. Yeah, that guy's definitely. I mean, he had a blood disorder for sure. If, if he. That's where he got his power. That's it. I have a theory that his organs, he's like one of those people that was born with their organs in the wrong place. They're just and like that's why he survives all the stabbing. positioned around all Yeah, the like holes. his heart isn't where the human heart should be. Yeah. They like have things rearranged. So someone's like stabbing his, his spleen or and something, his Lord, second he liver, and he's like, eh, he's like, eh I could lose I, this. I don't drink anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Michael Myers is like, eh, do you really need to filter blood? No. They, uh, he has a Spider-Man 2 moment and they, they crowd surf him like, be careful. <laughs> be careful. He's a monster. Uh, and But finally, finally, they feed him into the, the metal grinder. grinder. It's rough. It yeah, like it splooshes it was, yeah. That's a good. It was a, it was a satisfying sploosh. Yeah. yeah. They, they're definitely they're like a fucking watermelon or cantaloupe. He, he gets yeah. crushed. 
So definitively, there he's there dead. are bits and pieces of Michael Myers, he's and super we know dead. for sure now he's gonna spread everywhere. Right? It's like yeah, like Majin Buu or something. He just like reforms himself. <laughs> take... He becomes Kid Myers. Yeah, like Kid that. Myers, Mikey Myers, <laughs> Little Mike, Little Mike. Oh no, Mike. Little Bow Wow is the new. Yeah. Aww. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, uh, that's the and end of evil the movie. did die. And yeah. then we get an outro monologue voiceover from Laurie as well. Just makes me want to uh, bash my head against yeah, the wall. Very indulgent. I was like, all right. And, uh, and Will Patton shows up and they finally sit down on the porch and have that let's coffee go, together. Let's, go have those, let's, yeah. go see, let's see about those cherry blossoms. Yeah. They, they really wanted that to be like, yeah. they were like, oh, they wanted like. Well, and I say this too, as a writer, it's kind of funny because it's one of those things you get. You're like, all right, we got to like have a bow on this. Can you give like a through line, yeah. like a, a thing that they'll always talk about is like, oh, I've always wanted to do <laughs> oh, that. By through line, you mean one single mention of this one yeah. topic at one point <laughs> in the movie? The yeah, problem. for sure. I could do that. <laughs> is that you do it in a single pass and you're like, okay, she meets him these three times. All I have to do is insert the word cherry blossoms into these three conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like beginning, middle, end. But it's when like, it like plays out, you're like, oh my god that was really bad do you think it's going to be a problem that we're introducing this idea that he wants to travel to japan that has never been brought up before and has nothing to do with this character it's like no i think this will pay off yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) i'm like you know probably in hindsight we could have just like we just we didn't need the concrete like it would have been better they just didn't have something specific to latch also they did i don't know i just never was on board with the patent like strode Strode train just just have michael kill somebody with cherry blossoms problem solved yeah there you go There's Charlie like on the wall in the room where he his his former partner died or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. That would have been more effective. But yeah, it's that was one of the most excruciating things throughout the Halloween Kills movie for me. I was like, man, we're really trying to force this, and it just never worked. Um, man, that's that's the end of Halloween Ends and Michael Myers. Halloween did end. How long do you think until we get a reboot? Uh, I actually don't know because I think Bloomhouse had like a bidding war to get the rights. And so they're like eager to hold on to it. I think there's going to be a little bit of time they're developing. So fun fact, David Gordon Green, same team that did Halloween is doing a new exorcist. Yeah, is that uh pray for the devil? Or uh, is it no, a, no, no, like an actual, new, an actual like, like exorcist. exorcist, like from Blatty's original it's, like yeah. content. Is it in pre-production or is it filming right now? I think it's in pre cause they just, cause the post on ends took forever and cause of COVID. Yeah. Um, but I remember they announced that deal before the COVID stuff because the first movie, when Halloween, the, the new one, started, yeah. everyone really loved it. So they gave a big picture deal to Gordon Green and like and his collab team yeah. for and next year. Bloomhouse was like, yeah, we've got, I think we There's got the There's another Exorcist. Hellraiser in development too? Oh, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. He, yeah. he has a Hellraiser yeah. in development. Yeah. Jesus. What did I see at one point? Um, one of the directors, the director of the Human Centipede trilogy, had a bid for Hellraiser. Interesting. They were saying he was developing one for a while before they switched to the new team. Interesting. Which I guess I go for broke, but yeah, yeah. yeah he and then uh, there's a, there's a lot of fun. So like one of the f- really fun things we haven't seen a like Friday the Thirteenth in a while is because the rights are hotly contested. Mm. Um, that one and um, uh, Freddy, I think those are both owned by New Line, right? Yeah. Yeah, and New Line hasn't leased out the rights for um, for Halloween for Nightmare on Elm Street in a while, just because the last not just because but partially because the last remake was just not. Oh, it was well, it was terrible, it was not great. Um, so and it was just a re- it was just a remake of the exact the first one, but you know this kind of stuff it makes enough money. I'm I wouldn't be surprised we get like there's a Chucky TV show, yeah. you know. Oh, I'm not surprised. Like, fucking Alien got a sequel. Um, yeah. 
Prometheus got a sequel. Like all this stuff that just says like we're due will, for all these icons. Yeah, I will back. say the cynical side of me does acknowledge that. Like, so the 2018 movie uh, on a 10 million dollar budget, 255 million dollars at the box office, which is gonzo. Great return. Uh, second movie, not as great, but still not bad. 20 million dollars, a more, more expensive movie, only made 131 back. Um, so you, diminishing returns already kind of being wow, seen there. Well, like, but I think a lot of that has might have to do with COVID, with, with COVID, and yeah. also. Um, that one and this one both were streamed on Peacock. Right. Yeah. So, like, you, I think a lot of less people went to the theater necessarily. Right, yeah, because this one, uh, 20 to $30 million, about, you know, maybe a little bit more than the budget of the second movie, um, is currently sitting at $45 million domestic, and uh, has done $64 million worldwide. So we're a week and a half in. Right, yeah. so it's done its um, opening gross. We'll see what happens, but I have yeah. a suspicion it won't carry as far as people hope. No. I think casual horror fans, not people like, us who like love the metaphor or yeah. like really get into it people who just like the stabby stabby are probably going to be disappointed <laughs> like i think they're going to walk away like why what was the point of Corey? like yeah. they'll have that intuition and just be like yeah i, I don't know like he was a useless character should have just been michael yeah, just, if you don't know it, the bloodbath yeah. if you yeah. don't know anything going into this movie well i don't know i don't know because like I, I i think like as far as that storyline being set up in a single movie and then you know having its arc over a single movie maybe it'll land better on people who don't have any well relationship here's my other the... thing though we gotta talk about marketing because cory was <laughs> not marketed that's true yeah the entire concept of Corey was not a part of the. wasn't really well, like, a lot of inclusive the, in the trailers. A lot of the stuff in the trailers was not in the final cut. Yeah, like most of the trailers were. It's just kill quotes and, and things like that. And yeah, some of the shots were not in the final cut at all. Yeah, and so, I think that's because yeah. they didn't really know how to market it without without getting it away the yeah. entire. Yeah, yeah. So it's just interesting to me is that they. It's a hard sell, but they did their job, which, you know, they, they sold it on the idea that you're getting the final part of this trilogy and it's going to have Michael Myers. I think what you said, actually, so I think people are going to go walk into this thinking like this better be an ending and this better have Michael Myers. I, I'm coming around on your idea that the casual viewer will also be disappointed because of the fact, like I said earlier, man, it takes 50 minutes before Michael Myers, like, yeah, it yeah. really does anything, man. That's like, like a weird note. A lot of audiences now hate that kind of corny voiceover stuff. Dude, they, especially Lori's stuff. Like that seems really soft and weak to them. Yeah. I don't know why they're like, their palettes are just so modernized, but a lot of audience horror audiences just hate being monologued. Too. It's also just a weird tone thing to do. Yeah. Like in the tone of this movie, the way it was like, it was just too, yeah, it, it's just too benign. It was like, like almost cottage core for me. Yeah. It was a really weird, like, like I said, it's sex in the city vibes. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. All the way. So it's an, it's a really, really odd way to, to start the movie, but that like, there's a pervasive sense of like, confusion or disappointment in, in the way Corey goes at the end that I think people might not recognize but will definitely like feel mm-hmm. and so I'm con- I'm I don't know about confident but I'm suspicious that like it won't carry over very well um, but packages as a trilogy they might make their money back yeah yeah I mean make money back make more money yeah I mean they I mean, do this- that you always say like you have the budget of the movie and then you spend the exact like almost the same amount on marketing, marketing yeah. and advertising so take the budget and double it and that's how much it really costs yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. So like, I mean, for David Gordon Green, this entire trilogy was a profitable venture. I it's like the one of the weirdest. This director is like one of the weirdest guys for me because yeah. uh, I was made aware that he came out as like a Sundance kid. He like his early movies were like indie darlings. Yeah, mm-hmm. he kind of was like on this early wave of indie cinema in like the mid two thousands. I think like early two thousands where people were really like, I've never seen stuff like this. Like very like the artsy vibe. And then he turns around and goes and does all these comedies, right? Um, and spins out like Pineapple Express and Your Highness, 
which I guessing is the like Danny McBride factor, yeah. right? And then he goes in, and it's cool because I love David Gordon Green's like product, like who he'll, what he'll produce because he's produced like Mythic Quest, the TV show. Um, he's directed one or two episodes. Uh, he's also like the Righteous Gemstone. Exactly. I was gonna say the uh, the writer for on one of the other writers kind of like so the way the credits for the writing uh, get put out for the the three different There's movies. Like right, six names. There there are and so it's like Danny McBride and David Gordon Green are on there. The primary writing credit for Halloween 2018 was Jeff Fradley, who wrote most of the episodes of the first season of Righteous Gemstones. So yeah. like you said, that's where that Danny McBride. They're all thing. just friends and they're kind of yeah working they're working together. together. Um yeah the second one was uh like the the main writing credit goes to Scott teams who uh, his only other writing credits is a uh, the 2022 Firestarter and then also uh, this movie called The Quarry that was a Michael Shannon vehicle from 2020. Dude it's the thing I love about the the, the, the writing is like you all you got to do is know people which yeah. people say is like a daunting thing but I'm like I mean you do one thing you hang out at like you just there's some optimism in that friends. though right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I keep saying is like if, if this is if this is that's it's achievable it's like if right. that's really the benchmark of like making being a part of maybe they like he didn't write the final final script for this movie but he has his name on it like right and yeah. that's a massive credit and since like that's just gonna get you more jobs yeah to that point the one the main writer credited for this movie paul brad logan uh his he's a texas boy from midland by the way oh nice uh, but his main other writing credit of his like three writing credits is a movie called manglehorn from 2014 which is an al pacino movie that yeah. was also produced by david gordon green and danny mcbride right there's um, something interesting to me about yeah. the network of horror writers in that like y- you don't have to do a lot yeah you just kind of have to have like some interesting ideas yeah and horror is forgiving like the point of horror is like sometimes it's hokey sometimes it's intense yeah sometimes it breaks it crosses some lines but it's allowed to but do that if so we as know a writer anything, you're like that historically it's just a great field for yeah. early filmmakers to cut their teeth in it's a proving you know, ground yeah. it's also a hellscape to work on yeah. so oh yeah i've been on the podcast about this a few times i've, yeah. I've delineated that like <laughs> it is like, we talked about texas chainsaw massacre and i was like fuck no i would it never was, work well one of my one of my friends um a more recent one, one of my friends was telling me she did a couple days on Terrifier 2. Dude, I would, and be, she was like, she was like, hear about the she was like, movie, luckily man. I was not on any of the murder days. And I was like, no, but I want to see that because I want to yeah. know, like, because obviously, like, I've done crazy murder stuff before on some of the stuff that we filmed. And it's just like, that would have been more fun to me, I think, just to see how they pulled that off because ter- obviously Terrifier is like, super gruesome and yeah and that second one man has uh i haven't seen it yet it's got some stuff in there dude but i hear um, i hear the stories but she was saying like in terms of working with everybody they were all super nice to work with like yeah and that that is kind of another staple of the horror filming really nice people (laughs) yeah yeah, i mean it's it's the most none of these people are harboring quite as many demons as yeah as you would think as people who are making fucking rom-coms or like you know sure fucking i don't know christmas movies or whatever uh yeah there's not there's not I don't know. our experience has been pretty positive with the one horror feature we worked together top to bottom I yeah mean, working hours aside but yeah working hours is always the nature of those that was beasts. a fun one yeah and I liked I walked away like pretty good with almost everyone <laughs> um other than Halloween kills or Halloween ends uh Ferris have you seen any other movies or shows they don't have to be horror but things yeah that you think well I mean I I kind of do the thing where you know watch a horror movie every day mm-hmm. um i was just telling him i finally watched um we're all going to the world's fair dude night, yeah so we recommended that um, on a, another episode because i saw that one when it premiered at oak cliff film festival nice. and we got to meet the director and talk to them for a while it was a really interesting that's an, that's an interesting movie that i think it's maybe not that accessible for like the casual viewer but it's like, on hbo you, max everyone yeah if you <laughs> yeah. like it like it's yeah it's a, well that's what I, I was like i don't know how i feel about it like i kind of need to watch it again i think yeah. to really deep it's a good dive. vibe movie um oh for sure yeah i mean i'd say watch the chucky tv show 
Nice. I actually haven't watched any of that yet. It's pretty good. I mean, it, I, it continues on, you know, and that that's another one of those series like you talk about they're all a family i mean it's mm-hmm. people have been working on the series for years mm-hmm. um some of them as far back as you know the first or second movie ones, yeah. and it, you know it's all the same and you know like his daughter's in it now she's one of the main characters and so it's kind of that's cool it shows that it's, it's like a, a legacy good working now. environment yeah. um but the tv show, it's been interesting for them to adapt it from a movie venue to just you know episodic but they've been pulling it off it's been pretty fun to watch so nice. i think the second season just started it's like a you know a couple episodes in but pretty good watch so Hell yeah um i watched uh there's a <laughs> fucking uh nick kroll has a new comedy special out oh on yeah netflix. it's on netflix Dude, yeah yeah I, I i don't know i don't know how how people's nick or how people's opinions of nick kroll are but like I, I love him as a writer and like a you know performer and his his comedy is just like it's it's hilarious he's doing that thing like like hasam uh new comedy special where it's it's very like for these old, some of these uh, not middle aged, but like you know, approaching middle aged comedians, it's always like the refrain, like to, a quarter life crisis. Kind well, there's of stuff. yeah, there's always like a through line of like the pathos of like my family at the end, right? Yeah. Which is fine. Like every you know, it's just a comedic, it's just a, a story writing strategy to to make narrative for your comedy. But his new special is really good. Um, that's fantastic. And um, Shutter is currently doing this thing for the month of October. The uh, last episode of it comes out next week um on oh. october 26th uh it's the 101 scariest moments in horror hmm. uh that's a really awesome it's a lot of the same so uh i think maybe last time uh we, we talked about um the horror, talked noir. About horror noir yeah, yeah a lot of the uh the interviewees from that uh who aren't like actors like like not Keith David, but some of the other filmmakers are on this as well, where they, um, it's a lot of, you know, filmmakers from Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel and some of those filmmakers chiming in about their favorite experiences with classic horror and stuff. And it's just a good, whether or not you agree with like the ordering of it, it's, it's just a kind of a really fun sort of like fly by catalog to put on in the background and just kind of relive some of your favorite horror movements and stuff and see some filmmakers talk about them. You love Um, to see it. I love stuff like that. Um, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm on the hype train for a pig co- a movie called Piggy. I saw the poster Verita. for that. It's a Spanish film. Um, I think it's in theaters in like a week or so. It's gonna be like a, one of those super indie releases because it's just not as well known. Um, but I absolutely love this movie. Bianca loved this movie too. We texted about Hell it. Yeah. Um, Bianca Vega, and it um, it's about this young woman who's bullied by these you know super fashionable teenage girls. Um, and they do like the, it's like classic, like fat shaming, bullying. Mm -hmm. Like you're just like my, your heart bleeds for this girl who's got a controlling mother. Um, and when she's like on her way home, she discovers that someone has kidnapped her bullies and like, she makes eye contact with the kidnapper and they like make brief eye contact and she kind of looks down and he drives off. Fuck yeah. And the rest of the movie is about her. Like, cause at this moment she froze panicked and he got away and now she's like implicated and there's all this stuff about like, is she trying to cover up the crime? She's like, do I need to go save these people? But do I care? Like, am I obligated to? Yeah. Like, and like yeah. they're so mean. And then the killer like kind Damn. of falls in love with her and it, it becomes a really, really good slasher that just like rides this nice moral ground until a pretty bloody climax. But I, I like they just they just poor, poor protagonist just like like bash this girl down and you're just like i you know i do kind of wish they kill her tormentors like <laughs> you gotta go to the movie being like i really get why she's doing all this like there's no part of me that's like this is easy just do this and you'll never you know what i mean right. people watch movies and they're like oh this is just do this and everything's fine 
Um, so I watched it and it was just so sympathetic. I, I remember texting Bianca like, holy shit, this is amazing. Aren't they, are they going to screen that at Texas theater? I thought I saw her. Post I hope something so. About that. Yeah. I really hope so. She's been a champion of that film. So yeah. I'm like trying to convince her to do it. Um, even if, uh, even if she hasn't done it already, I'm like pulling up my letterbox because I'm trying to see. A, I watched a girl walks home alone at night. I've heard um, of them. It's by Lily Anna Armpour. It's about this uh, small Iranian family in like a small town in Iran that like it's like this tiny little town and this woman is just a vampire who like goes around at night. And vampire movies always have night. titles like that. Vampire movies can never just be like one or two words. It's no. always yeah. like a phrase or like it's very my heart can't beat unless you tell it to. Yeah, or let it, the right one in. I do love that movie though. <laughs> it's it, it's very indie. Like it's a lot more about the aesthetic. It's in black and white. Uh, the aesthetic. It's all. Uh, it was shot in L.A. too, which is funny because it passes for Iran of all places. Um, and it's just got a lot of like overtones about falling in love and all this stuff. So it's, it's a little gruesome. It was Mary Kate friendly, which means it's most people friendly. It's very artsy fartsy. I love though. how you guys, there's always a refrain of, uh, like using, like, I have Tyler and Daniel using their, using their wives, uh, to like talk yeah. about whether or not, whether or not the movie is palatable for like a non-horror watcher, for a normie, like, for a horror virgin, <laughs> for yeah. a casual, yeah. it's funny. Um, I do have some non-recs though that I, I, Ooh, I, I finally have some hot takes. Yeah. Uh, I saw a press screening for Black Adam. <laughs> That's gonna be a hard fucking pass. All of the like the first takes and reviews coming out about that are just blasting. Man, like, I feel so bad. I never, I try and never write a hit job if I can, but like it's so easy. You just get so gleeful. You're like, there are a million ways for me to describe how bad this is. Also, just really big budget stuff too. You just kind of like, yeah. Well, this is another movie that just feels like movie by committee. And you're like, yeah. Oh God, this whole plot makes no absolute, makes no fucking sense. They literally, the rock, but like barely says any lines, which is the whole point of having the rock is to like quip and make jokes and smile and shit. And he does none of that, which is funny. Cause he's the one who wanted this movie to he's, happen. Yeah. He's so vocal about how hard he fought to, be yeah, Black Adam and how to be hard Black Adam. he's been fighting and the whole him. role is a waste of like the Rock's persona. What a bummer! Uh, like this was, and it was one of those things. I was my letterbox review. I realized I texted Mary Kate. I was like, "Is this what it's like to watch Marvel kids lose their <laughs> shit over stuff you don't get?" And you're like, "It's not that fucking cool." Like I was like, "Oh my god, I'm finally on the outside looking in." Like I've seen this and it sucks. Oh, we need to fix our culture. Because there was, I went with a crowd that was very hype. Obviously, you know, anytime you've got like The Rock, he's a, he's like the lowest common denominator actor in a great way. People love him. Nobody hates The Rock kind of thing. But uh, every audience member was just like, like screaming when a character walked on screen. And I'm like, I don't care. I, I don't know who this is. You've given me no reason to care. Like Pierce Brosnan got the biggest shout. And I'm like, there are people who have no fucking clue like who Pierce Brosnan is. <laughs> like they, they like lose their minds. There's a can't, there's a secret. Were they shouting because it was James Bond or was it because it was a different character? Like, I think it was because it was the superhero character. The, okay. But I was like, I don't <laughs> like, know I will, this I'll cheer character. for Pierce Brosnan because I love him. It's obviously like... because he was the principal in the world's end. There obviously. you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> it was just one of those movie experiences where I felt alienated by like yeah. being, watching other people lose their shit and me being like i mean objectively this is bad the worst sign and this was that i got kind of mad because i was like stop cheering this is a bad movie <laughs> they they do a secret credit scene i'm gonna spoil it because uh. you shouldn't fucking watch this thing um where like superman shows up and it's henry right. cavill which like we all know that's already gonna happen the yeah. 
Dwayne Johnson has literally said this bullshit about the hierarchy is going to change. And he's literally said, you know, what if he hung out with Superman or something? And you're like, okay, so Superman's going to be in the, the movie. Yeah. yeah. So there's like a scene where Superman like comes out of the fog because he's like, we don't tolerate. I don't know. Murders or yeah, murder. whatever. Yeah. And, and like literally people stood up when they saw his face. I couldn't hear a word. Any of the characters were saying it was a moot, moot point. Cause there's just one off, like one lining each other into oblivion. And like people were like on their feet jumping. And I was like, guys, who cares? Yeah. Like the, what's the point? Also just knowing that the DCEU is in such shambles right now from like, you know, canceling Batwoman to Ezra Miller like, facing 26 years in prison. What like... is the excitement <laughs> of another like Henry Cavill movie? I, I want to look at them like none of you liked the first two you Superman movies CG that much. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> there is one on the way, though, right? We already know that. Like, uh, Zack yeah, Snyder's they greenlit. Already... Yeah, they, well, Zach's out. Oh, they, it's not Zach. They've it's, greenlit uh... another one, but I know J.J. Abrams. There's a great article I have to send you about the mm-hmm. future because the Walter Hamada, the um, chief in charge of the DCEU, just resigned like two days or finally re- resigned two days ago, mm-hmm. and so they're saying like everything's up for grabs because of the HBO disc- like the Warner Brothers Discovery merger, like. IP is just floating around. Yeah. Producers are like it's staking their claims. Like... <laughs> it's becoming a weird wild west weird of like projects. Yeah, like, like JJ Abrams has in development a spider, a Superman movie written by um, uh, it's, it's Black Superman basically. Okay. Michael B. Jordan's like supposed oh, to be attached. And, yeah, because that's been that's been on the table for a while. Yeah, right? and the, so they're saying like with all the shakeups, it might actually happen. I now. just imagine all of the directors and producers who want to get shit from the DCEU, like yeah. in one of those like wind tunnel things from a fair where it's like spending money around and they're just trying to grab scripts. Like it's like that's a fucking... kind of how it's positioned. I think it'll shake out better because yeah. all of the, obviously I know James Gunn has gonna... something that yeah he's James Gunn has a secret pit a project pitched yeah. which I'm like I okay like, I'll watch that sure. Yeah, I'm at the point now, but it was like the sheer like this like it's cynical of, yeah. of it, and I'm like, fucking, none of you people actually like these things. You just like to be excited. Yeah, I'm like, man, I and then I was like, oh my god, I'm a grump. <laughs> I'm not I gonna let the these worst. people like their thing. And I looked at Mary Kate, and she was like, welcome to my world. <laughs> you are officially. She was like, blessed me, bless you, my child. That's funny. So I so that was one of one of them, and then I have to be the the asshole here because mary kate's gonna hate me but she started um the watcher it's a new netflix oh, show yeah i haven't everybody's been telling Bobby me to watch Cannavale. it yeah why i yeah. don't i watched the first two episodes and i was so underwhelmed I've been i just got people, up and cleaned my kitchen instead i've been hearing people land on like either like it seems to be polarizing like but from what i gather the people who i trust like their opinions they're they're yeah. lukewarm on it so i'm like all right well the problem is it's just not enough of anything for me to care right i'm like uh, great ryan murphy does another semi not even real like really intense horror show um about a family moving to the suburbs it's like american horror story season one sans ghosts right. and ghouls like it's like really just creepy neighbors mm-hmm. i'm like this feels a little more like childish than actual it's like goosebumps and not american horror story in a way that i'm like i don't care yeah enough and the other thing too well and i i could say that but also the writing like they literally have monologues where they just explain things Yay. so like the first episode he hires what, or like the that? second episode they hire like forced exposition i don't like seven minutes of it there was and i just kept like i guess i was just not in the mood last night because we were watching it with mary kate and Sounds i like some and i was throwing down but flanagan's will be like philosophy this yeah. was like 
a whole story like well, I used to drink and when I drank I cheated on my husband and my husband and it goes this long story like about like why telling you telling instead of showing yeah and like why she doesn't trust people yeah there's a whole it's like funny to me because she's they have a, they hire a private investigator every fucking sentence starts with like I used to drink and at one point I was like oh did you used to drink I didn't know that <laughs> and Mary Kate was like you I can watch this alone if you want and I was like I'll just go clean the kitchen instead <laughs> that's the husband equivalent of like I've officially, I was like, I, I refuse, yeah. I refuse. Um, and I, I just couldn't, like, it was just bland and tasteless in like all the worst ways, like no interesting choices. I just like, there's a, there's like all these like musical stingers and I'm like, I don't, what they just said was meaningless. Like you just, you can't just add music and all of a sudden it's amazing. Like that bad. I'm like, ah, I love it. I love hot take Daniel. This is Papa my, Spud coming in. I came in right out of the oven. I was loaded, baby. Baked. But I, 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 I'm doing a lot of work here. So my October, I haven't worked a bunch too. And uh, I've had a lot of downtime. So I actually did a bunch of horror reading. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like digesting this in a thousand different ways. So yeah, I watched... you said you were into Shirley Jackson uh, short stories or something? Oh, yeah, man. Nice. Shirley Jackson is the bomb. She has these horse, like short, short horror stories that are really about like civility. There's like a story where a guy like has it goes on a date, like invites a woman to his house and then she's like his neighbor. She invites some rando into the house and they start having a blast and it ends with him leaving his own home. He's too polite to ask them to leave. He like goes into another woman's into the girl's it's called room. squatters rights, baby. Yeah. Essentially they like <laughs> outlast him and he finally is just like too polite and just leaves. And I'm like, that is kind of horrifying. That's the only way any of us, any, any like any, of me are going to own yeah. property in the future is just going and <laughs> sitting in a house long enough till somebody can't kick me out. We just bring like gallon <laughs> jugs to pee and to drink and pee in. Yeah. We're going to Howard Hughes. Not in that out. order. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, but I've done that and I want to get on record. I'm sorry. I'm eating all our time, but um, I read my heart is a chainsaw. Interesting. By Stephen. I think it's Stephen Graham Jones. You should definitely check him out. Um, both of y'all if you want. Um, but it's really, really, really great about this small town in Wisconsin and this teenage girl who grows up um, kind of like a, a child of abuse um, has this like really punk rocker aesthetic loves horror movies. She's got this like big, everything's a slasher to her. Like her love. She's like uh, Abed. If Abed only watched horror <laughs> movies, just like a pop culture savant. Yeah, yeah. But if pop culture was literally just horror movies. Nice. And so there's like, and so there's stuff that's not people start movies? dying in their town and she starts like, she kind of wants a horror movie to happen she hates her town and so she investigates and it spirals out into like a bigger and bigger conspiracy and it, it like it's funny because it's very self-aware like it's this sleepy town and they're like doing a big building establishment and the rich people are moving in and then a rich person dies and so it's like her constantly trying to like figure it out but it, it's a lot of commentary that incorporates like references to horror movies and peppered within each like section there'll be like a little chapter that explains the slasher um, which is why I was saying I read a book and there's like one chapter that's like why Jaws is the original slash. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was a it was a good read. It's pretty quick and easy, but it was just like and it, it it's I'm always like, how do you write something scary? Right. Like just just words like book scary. Yeah. Because I've read stuff before and I've been like, I don't know. But not... as a screenwriter coming in and being like solely in like the novel. Form, yeah. If like all you had was prose, the... how would you terrify yeah. people? And I think I mean, I like the Shirley Jackson route more mm -hmm. is like the shivery kind where you're like that is a fucked up idea yeah my heart is a chainsaw by graham jones Check uh stephen graham jones i think stephen graham jones i'm gonna sorry. fuck it up probably but that was my those were my i had a lot of wrecks because yeah. i've had a lot of downtime <laughs>
Uh, you mentioned, uh, so you named Drop Yonker earlier. So uh, if you guys haven't heard, uh, as of the posting of this episode, um, our episode on uh, Suspiria, well, uh, 1977, will be out. And then also on Wednesday of next week, October 26th, we're doing, uh, I am co-presenting um, a screening of Scream 2 at the Texas Theater. Oh, with, uh, fuck the yeah, dude. I'm so um, sad I'm not going to be there I know. Now. Both of you guys are out of town. So it's just going to be like, I'm basically going to be me talking to Bianca, doing a short little three-minute intro of the style of this podcast. You're living to, my uh, dream. That's something Scream I've always two. wanted to do. When you see Bianca, if you were in town, you would be be invited next time. My dumbass. Yeah, this is a weird year where like a lot of shit is also happening in October. So, um, but yeah, if you guys want to come hang out with us, uh, like I said, as of the posting of this episode, that will be upcoming um, next week on October 26th. It's at 8:30 at the Texas Theater in Oak Cliff, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, We're gonna watch Scream 2 with a bunch of buddies and hang out, and it'll be really fun. Uh, So you can come to that. Um, Also, if you would like to follow us on social media, this podcast has an Instagram. It's at Scary Sunday Scaries. Uh, we post little clips on there, like other random social media shit. Um, yeah, have you seen the Instagram fairies? No. I'll send it to you later. There's That's, a great one. Yeah. You'll love. There's lots of clips from this uh, from our recordings. And There's stuff one Jamario fun. sent me. He was like, dude, you killed it. <laughs> um, that's at Scary Sunday Scaries. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash uh, Scary Sunday Scaries, uh, where we post episodes early. Uh, Please we'll give us a dollar. Yeah, Ferris you... got the nice chair tonight. Yeah. I want a nice chair. <laughs> <laughs> or as little as a dollar, you get access to like random social posts and stuff too. Um, there is a sub, there is a subreddit forthcoming and a Facebook group forthcoming as well, but that's a lot of social media. And so it's taking me a minute to get around to it. Travis is uh, only one man. <laughs> he is not evil. He is yeah. not, he cannot just survive. Off not of in the context that. of this podcast, at least. <laughs> no. uh, if you want to follow me on that trap, the guy, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at DG underscore Pappas, P A P P A S. Ferris, you want to you want to throw out an Instagram? Yeah, sure. Uh, GFS dot sound. Nice. You got any projects coming up that you're going to be working on that people should be on the lookout for? Or, uh... Uh, I mean, we have the one horror movie that is yet to be released. Yeah, that <laughs> when that happens, I will be plugging ago, the hell out of it. Um, which is like a theater camp slasher flick. Cool. Which was a lot of fun to do. Um, just a lot of commercials, honestly, right now. So there's a couple of State Farm commercials airing right now with. Uh, Jake from State Farm and Patrick Mahomes that I did the sound <laughs> on, so that was kind of cool. Did you get to hang out with Patrick Mahomes and like uh, or I mean, at least Mike really like I well, my boom op did, but uh-huh. I had worked with them a couple times before that, so that was kind of cool. But um, we were like in New York at a bar, and it played on in the bar, and I was like, I worked on that. That's <laughs> weird. Um, yeah, I haven't really done a lot of narrative stuff lately. I think the last besides that one, the last horror movie I did was a movie called Satanic Panic. Mm. um that's a throwback yeah it is um yeah i mean just kind of mostly commercial corporate stuff so dope well thank you for coming and hanging out with us yeah this is awesome yeah i'm always super excited when we get somebody else from the industry to come and uh put their give us their 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 valuable information trying to like pepper real real life people in production yeah right I'm that just way a, it's a really authentic yeah. like we know what it takes to make these damn things i'm just a nerd who likes to watch movies and so that's, that's, how, that's how it all starts we are same. we really are yeah same. you've heard jamario talk i got you yeah. for hours yeah i have to call when he calls me i have to be like i, I gotta gotta i kind of have to go dude like, i know i he love you me, but i, I thought, can't do this he called me when i was at work and i was like fuck i do want to talk to you right I know. now but i can't like it happens yeah. to me every time but I, I send him the like sorry i can't talk but he's a professional he yeah we got to figure out what episode he's going to be on for this next series so it'll be great yeah all right hey thanks for listening guys uh listen to our episodes uh suspirios should be out next week so we'll talk to you soon Bye. bye bye sunday scaries